0: Comments made on the Saratoc Podcast Network are those of the individuals and do not represent Saratech Corporation, its staff, management, board of directors, or third-party resellers.
1: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Art Appreciation Society portion of End of Line. This week, we choose to look into the more esoteric, artistic way of appreciating poetry and the spoken word. In this installment, we choose to look into poet laureate Rebecca Martinson's Ode to Motivational Speeches, a soldier into the soul, a gigantic look to what could be and what is. It lays it out there and strips you emotionally bare. So without any ado, a dramatic reading from the great Rebecca Martinson.
2: If you just open this like I told you to, tie yourself down to whatever chair you're sitting in, because this email is gonna be a rough fracking ride. For those of you that have your heads stuck under rocks, which apparently is the majority of the chapter, we have been fracking up in terms of nighttime events and general social interactions with Sigma Nu. I've been getting texts on texts about people literally being so freaking awkward and so freaking boring If you're reading this right now and saying to yourself, but OMG, Julia, I've been having so much fun with my sisters this week, then punch yourself in the face right now so that I don't have to fracking find you on campus and do it myself. I do not give a flying frack and Sigma Nu does not give a flying frack about how much you freaking love to talk to your sisters. You have 361 days out of the freaking year to talk to sisters, and this week is not, I freaking repeat, not one of them. This week is about fostering relationships in the Greek community, and that's not fracking possible if you're going to stand around and talk to each other and not your matchup. Newsflash: frats don't like boring sororities. Oh, wait, double fracking newsflash? Sigma Nu is not going to wanna hang out with us if we fracking suck. Which, by the way, in case you're an idiot and need it spelled out for you, we fracking suck so far. This also applies to you little shits that have been talking openly about post-gaming at a different frat in front of Sigma Nu Brothers. Are you people fracking retarded? That's not a rhetorical question. I literally want you to email me back telling me if you're mentally slow so I can make sure you don't go to any more nighttime events. If Sigma Nu openly said, Yeah, we're going to invite Zeta over, would you be happy? Would you? No, you wouldn't! So why the frack would you do it to them? In front of them! Oh, Julia! I'm now crying because your email has made me oh so sad. Well, good. If this email applies to you in any way, meaning if you're a little asswipe that stands in the corners at night, or if you're a weird that does weird during the day, this following message is for you. Do not go to tonight's event. I'm not fracking kidding, don't go. Seriously, if you have done anything mentioned in this email and have some rare disease where you're unable to not do these things, then you are horrible. I repeat horrible PR for this chapter. And for those of you who are offended at this email, I would apologize, but I really don't give a frack. Go frack yourself.
1: Welcome everyone to End of Line. I'm Ranger1138 and along with me for the ride is the rockstar. See there, better. Oh, I do get a rolled R this time. Nice. (laughs) Uh, I'll it for you. Um, <laughs> and uh, suffering along with this once again because he enjoys the temper, the torture, and the torment, Mr. Byron Lee. Hello, Mr. Byron 27. How are you doing there, sir?
3: there. You know, the, the straps on this chair are
1: getting a little loose. Hey, could you do a little bit tighter? Could you bend tighter? in it also so yep. often that? you pretty much wore it out?
2: Okay, ah, let's you. see. There we go. Cutting off a little circulation. Okay. That's what we're
1: looking for. Oh, I feel so much better. There you go. There you go. Thank you. Now you can be, you'll, you'll have that perfect posture. I'm going to talk and, like this for the rest of the show. Yeah, and Being that we're all computer users, we probably all need better posture more than likely. It's, Good It's probably point. possible. The quote that you heard at the top of this show is a little risqué. And that's kind of going to be a theme of this show. Uh, not that we're not going to keep the clean tag. We, we are going to keep the clean tag. But the, Just the by the hair of our
2: chinny-chin-chin, chin, I think. But still, <laughs> pretty much.
1: <laughs> and, and some of those sorority sisters had to shave said hair. But anyway, um, <laughs> if you want to find out that full transcript and some links to some other dramatic readings that are uncensored uh, head on over to eolshow.com as you already know and you know we are going to discuss even more crazy things that you probably shouldn't know about in abomination
2: oh abomination is back i kind of missed it last episode because you know there are lots of horrifying things out there
1: well, you didn't you know drop the beat was was popular. We did get some comments about that. In fact, uh uh Jen uh St- Who did we get uh email from Jen?
3: Janine. Janine Stanley. Janine.
1: Yeah, there we go. Blanking on names. That's what that's what what's happening when you record this this late. <laughs>
3: That's what happens when you stare at sorority sisters for
1: too long. Your brain just turns <laughs> Yes, to when, I, when you read those emails, <laughs> yeah. Send in some great feedback about music and uh, Game of Thrones and some others. So we appreciate that. The idea, though, is that with Abomination, there was just a bunch of news all at once, and so that's why we're back here. Like one of my movie favorites of all time. I really do love this movie, The Rocketeer. Disney is talking about rebooting The Rocketeer and I can tell you right up front I don't like this idea at all I don't I don't I just don't know I just don't don't
3: why I mean come on when was the last time Hollywood came out with an original idea why do we have to continue to remake everything? Everything that was once good back in the '80s and, and '70s, and uh, you know, far farther back even more, we're just redoing it all over again. Original thoughts, original ideas—that's what we want when you go see a movie. I don't want to see the same movie again with CGI. I don't need but it's Jar Jar original. Binks in we a freaking jetpack. But it's original. We
2: people in it. <laughs> God, Jar Jar in a jetpack—I like it. Shrek in a jetpack,
1: <laughs> yeah knees and not know where I go <clears throat> that would be uh I'm not sure how to say this and 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 actually sort of this movie was remade if you watch Captain America I remember sitting there talking to my friends when I saw Captain America I was like man this feels so much like Rocketeer wow this really I mean the era the way they shot it it really feels like the Rocketeer and I go out and look up on IMDb And I go, oh, look, it's the director from (laughs) Rocketeer. Oh, Oh, that's great.
2: Well, in the article, they mention Iron Man and how it's supposed to have a really Iron Man feel. So if you like Iron Man, except Mm -hmm. uh, not so good, you'll like this.
1: (laughs) Yes, from the the fine makers of such films as.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You may remember me
1: from... that's exactly, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, blood on the blackboard. (laughs) Troy McClure jokes. There we go. Uh, We, By the way, drink, Simpsons quote. So those of you who are playing the home game, thank you followers of EOL show, twitter.com slash EOL show. It is true. There is at least one Simpsons reference per episode. How to
3: have a short conversation with Joe. Hey, Joe, do you remember that one time on The Simpsons when, yes. (laughs) Simpsons did it. (laughs) Simpsons did it!
1: (laughs) Pretty much. The thing that I can say honest and for true here, though, is Disney is actually doing other things, like buying up Star Wars and Marvel and... Pixar. So they do have some originality coming. It's just not necessarily right there.
2: From them. We we
1: bought originality is all. It's not like anybody went out and remade Wizard of o- Oh, yeah, wait. <laughs> the, there's actually
3: a great song. and You know, when you guys were doing Drop the Beat and uh, you were naming songs, I was thinking, oh, there's a great parody of that. And there's a great parody of that. So <laughs> when you talked about... Disney buying up Marvel and Star Wars. I was thinking of a couple of songs by the great Luke Ski. One of them is Marvel Poppins, which is a parody of <laughs> Super Califragilistic, Super, yes. super Alladocious. And yes. then the other one is When You Wish Upon a Death Star. Yep, that's another good one. You're right. <laughs> Buying Star Wars and there's just all of these Disney medallies about those Star Wars. Those came out
1: fast and furious. I mean, like <laughs> right as the announcement came out, there was like six or seven of those just right there. One of uh, the uh, Morning Wake Up songs, so if you follow the Rockstar and I on Twitter – one of the morning wake up songs was a guy who actually did all these stories about the princesses and what really happened like what happened to Ariel yes. and
2: and it's done uh, as British a musical
1: <laughs> it's great it's done in a really vh1 we've, behind we've
3: the pencil had it's another one
1: <laughs> There was one I did with Game of Thrones too where it was Disney style ballad but it was characters from Game of Thrones so that's another one So another reason to follow people on Twitter is you you get to have more of the show after the show Robotech. Byron, were you a fan of the Superdimensional Fortress, the SDF one?
3: Yeah. Brings back memories (laughs) of Saturday mornings and... Army of the Southern
1: Cross, Proto-Culture... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh All available on Netflix, by the way, if you don't know what we're talking about.
3: Netflix is a bastion for those who have children right now who don't get a real Saturday morning cartoon experience. You can now Mm -hmm. just queue up a bunch Mm -hmm. of crap and set them down in front of it, and there's just so much stuff on there
1: now. Mm -hmm. Remember having to break a neck to get home, make it there by 3.30 in order to catch show X or Y, and now you can actually watch... 90-something episodes of Robotech in a row if you wanted to. It's a little bit. I, I could imagine sitting, that yes. as a child. Could not, especially since I was watching a black and white television with uh, rabbit ears or a coat hanger and all that snow and going, yeah, that kind of looks like a face. Yeah, there you go. It's like an etch-a-sketch yeah. all broken and stuff. Robotech's being remade and I don't know that I want a live-action version per se, Especially if the words Michael and or Bay are involved, that he's already destroying Ninja Turtles enough for me, and he's already messed up the Transformers pretty bad as well.
3: Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, do we really need a recreation? Again, recreations of classic things. Like, you know, we've already had a Thundercats recreation and a Masters of the Universe yeah, recreation. Anime style. And it's like, oh, man, you know, just With
1: leave good enough With the voice of, of Batman Beyond, no less, uh, mm-hmm. as Lion-O, which... I, I, that was kind of weird to get used to. Will Will's a great guy. He does a great voice for Terry McGinnis. Not sure about Lino. And they're very similar. You know, Japan. Let Japan do this. Like, some of the Yamato stuff is live action. Like, there's been a couple of fi- uh, live action uh, Yamato stuff, which is awesome. But they're actually doing a true, real live action, big budget one in Japan. And that's okay. Let that happen. Robotech was never, ever meant to be what Robotech was. It was we Americans who... Took a bunch of anime and kind of turned it into one overarching story over three generations. Great stuff about that. If you ever go look up Harmony Gold and how they changed that and Captain Harlock, there's some really interesting ways of how they had to modify Macross or Macross Plus into Robotech and, uh. Anyway, I'm not sure how that'll work out. That'll be very, very interesting. It it might be neat to see Min May live as long as she doesn't sing the four songs she sang over and over again. Street light, stage light. Oh, never mind. I'm sorry. It's probably <laughs> a good
2: thing I'm not familiar with, I, uh, with this I show.
1: actually own that CD mm-hmm. and that's actually how we have some of the music.
3: Anyway. <clears throat> how, how about some crappy live action TV shows from the 90s like, uh, oh, I don't know, VR Troopers. Oh, oh my God. Which is God. on Netflix now. <laughs> My stomach churns.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as good as Mighty Morphin Power Rangers on Sega CD. Oh, it's oh, almost that good. Lord. <laughs> 64 colors on screen and the resolution of, well, your pocket calculator. So it was like geometric shapes all moving around at once. <laughs> click here. Click here. How about MacGyver? I mean, not MacGruber. I mean, we have that already, but a MacGyver remake.
2: Okay, so here is a bottle cap a bag of ruffles and saran wrap. Now use this to escape from this reboot because I I really don't think it should happen.
1: What you're saying is it would be like Chopped, but survival chopped?
2: Yeah, but MacGyver (laughs) kind of was like that. You would take these really bizarre things and somehow he would manage to manufacture something to get himself out of a situation. But now it would, it would feel a lot like Chopped all right, MacGyver, in this episode, you have these items.
1: <laughs> exactly. You have 20 minutes to come up with this and an entree. Yes. <laughs> I, was
3: just think- I was thinking it sounds like the Iron Chef but with gadgets. Right. Well, I-, I know exactly how I would escape from this remake with a bottle cap and ruffles and saran wrap. First of all, yeah. I would eat the ruffles because I would need them to get over the, the just the sickening feeling of having a MacGyver reboot. But then I would use yeah. the saran wrap and wrap it around my head until I couldn't breathe anymore. And then I have no <laughs> clue to what I would do with the bottle cap. I wouldn't need it, I guess.
2: You could put it in your mouth and choke on it as you were taking your last breath, perhaps?
3: That's a great way. Well, I only have one eye, so I could put the bottle cap over my eye so I didn't have to actually see it as I was dying. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah, I like it.
1: Here I was thinking it was going to be like some weird monocle, but yeah, okay, that's a weird (laughs) way. Yeah. (laughs) It's my monocle. Yes. You and Mr. Magoo. (laughs) you're Mr. Peanut. Yes. Yeah, Mr. Peanut. Yeah, that'll work as well. MacGruber, MacGyver. I don't know if you ever saw the Saturday Night Live episode where where he finds out who his father was, and it was MacGyver. It was Richard Dean Anderson. It was actually kind oh, of funny. that's
3: great. Yeah, I can't watch Stargate without thinking of MacGyver.
1: He's made fun of that actually on Stargate a little, although he's more of a Homer fan, and so there's a lot of Simpsons references. You think we drop Simpsons references? Watch Stargate SG <laughs> <S1. laughs> one. I uh, know you're from Minnesota, there, Byron. Did you happen to uh, see what the uh, tourist bureau put out here as uh, as a little bit of a, 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 a promotional video to get people to uh, come to Minnesota? I'm from Minnesota. Damn! Oh. I knew there was something my parents didn't tell me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Minnesota's to- where you go to. Get away See from the biggest ball of twine in
3: Minnesota. Apartment. Yeah, yeah. uh huh. I, I know I'm close to Minnesota, Joe, and and I know that I, you know, I'm starting to adopt one of those uh, uh-huh. central, you know, Midwest accents, don't you know? But oh, I'm yeah. actually from there, you know.
1: Oh, okay. Well, maybe, Arizona, maybe
3: you actually, ought to go. But yeah, but yeah, maybe I ought to go, don't you know? But yeah. uh, actually, you know what? Maybe the reason why I get confused is because my dad is actually from there, and a lot of my oh, family's from okay, there. Okay, but okay. But I was born okay. and raised but Arizona.
1: Yeah, cactus bread. Have you checked out this link right here? Uh, Well, well, this is just take a listen here.
4: Minnesota style. Minnesota
1: style.
5: Imagine a place so far up north it's almost polar But people don't wear coats unless it's 10 degrees or colder Got the Vikings, wild wolves and lynx and twins but no October And the state fair, valley scare, boo. Got a sauna here In the summertime it's like a flippin' sauna here My Uncle Dick won't go outside cause he just saw a bear Our governor that wrestled too once had a lot of hair Not a lot of hair Minnesota, is where you go to Get
4: away, through other states Minnesota, is where you go to Shop all day, at MOA We can make you at 10,000 different
6: ways Minnesota style SOTA style So, 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 Minnesota style So, 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 Minnesota style
5: The banners have a lot of fun on the Viking trails But we always think it's dumb when the Vikings fail Oofta, oh for cute, yeah you betcha those words are overused And your light rail is overdue, check the map, we're on top, we're overused And it's outta here, Joe Mauer's bat just dropped a bomb It's like Saddam was here These hipster jeans are all the rage, I'm glad I got a pair The Twin Cities is where it's at, it's much more modern there It's like super trendy Minnesota, it's where you go
6: Minnesota style. Sota style. So style, so- 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 Minnesota style.
5: in that song was it like 2 years old korean pop is the new thing you know what
7: i'm saying
5: minnesota style
6: hey, sexy so 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 minnesota style hey, sexy so, so 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 minnesota
1: style hey, So, you gotta go to Min. Uh, You know know what? Let's just go to the Nexus.
2: Yeah. Moving right along. Moving
1: right along. Oh, God. (laughs) 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 Now, now, uh, see, I said wrong sounding Muppets, and now you're there, right? (laughs) Now he's around. You and Fozzie. (laughs) The songs that we're about to mention here have nothing to do with the Muppets. In fact, it's probably the polar 180 opposite. It's almost been 30 years since the birth of that little sticker that we've come to know and love as a sign of, insert adjective here, some people would say quality, some people would say goodness, some people would say filth with... The Filthy Fifteen, the PMRC kids, those of you who are not old enough to remember the 80s, was a group that was out to save our virtues. And with people like Tipper Gore and others, they were going to clean up the disgusting record industry. Well, Well, that didn't work. But what they did manage to do was be able to stick a gigantic black advisory warning on CDs. And later, actually, it was started off as a sticker, but later actually was imprinted on album covers and others, so that way you couldn't get rid of it. And of course, that's actually where they put the price tags and the UPC codes. Anyway, they were very successful. And we've got some links here, in case you're not familiar with this. This is kind of the Red Scare or the Comics Guild version of what happened to audio. It's very similar in media that this happens every so often. And uh, the Wikipedia will tell you more, and uh, we have a link here also to the YouTube where Dee Snyder and Frank Zappa and others testified. Uh, I remember actually watching the Frank Zappa bit on MTV, believe it or not, with Kurt Loder, and how this impacted things. And all it really ended up doing, as we all know, is, oh, look, it's got a, an advisory sticker. I need to buy that. You know, <laughs> exactly. That's hot. <laughs> But what we thought we'd do in the Nexus here is go over the 15 songs that really push them over the top. Because if you've ever seen the South Park episode about the boys having to read Catcher in the Rye, things over time just change our, our philosophy, our morales, what is considered, you know, filth is no longer. And it's interesting to look at these songs some almost 30 years later and kind of put them in perspective as that really wasn't as bad as you guys made it out to be.
3: You know, I've, I've got a way to tie Muppets into this thing. It took me about 10 minutes, but I finally figured it out.
1: I'm Sam, the American Eagle, <laughs> and
3: I would like to talk today about its obscenity. I, for one, am appalled.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. That actually, you're right. That is a good parallel. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. About decency. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the first song that we have here... I guess, has some reason to be kind of wrong, but Prince's Darling Nikki. The song, I guess, you know, there's a line about magazines and lights go out and stuff like that. In the long run, I remember this actually being a a song that people were like, oh, dude, oh, dude, did you hear this Prince song? And and of course, had you listened to Controversy or songs that he had done about incest, this was actually kind of tame.
3: There's actually a, a lot of covers of this song. Uh, one of my favorites is from the Asylum Street Spankers, uh, and they do like sort of acoustic, kind of bluegrass covers of things, <laughs> and they did they did a great oh, job of this song. It was awesome. Oh, that's awesome! So have to find that. It's <laughs> awesome. The
2: next one is Sheena Easton, "Sugar Walls," and I don't even remember this song. Of course, a lot of these were released when I was you know, six or seven.
1: So this got played a lot on pop radio. And of course this is uh, a song polish.
2: about sexy times, I guess. And uh-huh. uh,
3: yeah, <laughs> Charlie and the chocolate factory. It doesn't taste like a snozberry. <laughs> I was taking it literally like, like sugary walls.
1: Mm, I wish I had sugary walls. <laughs> Hansel and Gretel come to life. No oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> This is another Prince song. Prince was actually uh, producing a lot of female artists back then. You had uh, Sheena, you had No One Compares to You. Uh, yeah, Sinead certain. O'Connor. Uh-huh. And uh, he also tried to produce uh, Terry Gar. Uh, I'm no, excuse me, I'm kidding. He tried to produce <laughs> Kim Basinger in uh, 19 in uh, Batman 1989. Actually, when is they were he filming Dax Batman you Dax as you've and
2: never seen her before.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. that's what no, she ter- said. No, 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 Terry Garb was in Close Encounters.
2: Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes.
1: Uh, this is yeah, important, uh, this means something, <laughs> yes. And she has Star Trek. She actually was in Assignment Earth, which was going to be a spinoff. Anyway, so Dale Bozio was another person that he produced on the side. So he had this thing for blonde actresses and, and others. As bad as this song sort of is, and again, it's Prince, I think Morning Train is still a bigger Sheena Easton crime against society. That song got played way too much. And if you don't know, kids, Morning Train, I'm not even going to give it to Patrick. It doesn't even need to be in here. <laughs> it just doesn't even need to be on this <laughs> podcast. Look it up on YouTube.
3: Why am I suddenly reminded of, uh, you know, the, the first episode of Star Trek The Next Generation where Q is listing off all of the crimes against crimes uh, <laughs> against society that we have done? You know, and, and why am I just flashing back to, you know, do,
1: do you remember that song? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That one British pop actress type person, yes. Okay, you do have us on that. She sang that James Bond song really well, but this <laughs> one was just awful. Just awful. <laughs> and I'm about to slide into we've apologized for Brian Adams many times. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Apparently there's going to be lots of South Park references today. The third song is from one of my all-time favorite bands, one of my four pillars of Christ. metal, as I as I call them. Breathe, breathe, we want, braced eat me alive. Defenders of the Faith, if I remember correctly, a uh, great record. I've looked over the lyrics like three times and I still don't really completely get this, but apparently the video was part of the reason why this song was deemed offensive. Any comments here?
2: No? Uh, I mean, it chirp, was as offensive chirp. as any priest song, I guess.
1: Well, if you remember, they this is the band who also got sued for uh, the album Stained Glass and uh, being you know, subliminal and telling people to kill oh, themselves. Oh, yes, I remember. They were exonerated of that.
2: And that's one thing that didn't come up here, I don't think, was the backward masking and how all these bands were doing it and subliminally – subliminally suggesting a, I mean, various and, and things. Yeah.
1: Again, much worse songs by Priest. This is just seems like a weird one to choose. I guess they felt it was descriptive. Not as descriptive as uh, this Vanity song we have listed here. In fact, this song, another Prince alum, Vanity, uh, Sheila E., another two ladies. I couldn't even find this on YouTube to listen to all of this. I actually had to go and listen to the cliff notes version of this which plays a snippet of the song and then i had to go read the lyrics this one i kind of sort of get a little bit you want
4: some candy little boy
1: At the time, yes. Yeah, so and the when this title,
2: was. yeah. Let's let's hear the title of this.
1: Yeah. Okay, Byron, go ahead. Strap on, Robbie baby. Oh, very, very Sylvester McCoy. Very, very well <laughs> done. Um, that, that kind of sort of would not be a song that would definitely not be played on radio. That was not even college radio, but this one really would kind of sort of be one you would probably talk about at recess or, or elsewhere. So I can kind of sort of get this one. And even today, I don't know. Well, I don't know with little Wayne and others, I guess you could actually release this as a song title, but
2: <laughs> so next we have a uh, Motley Crue bastard.
1: Bastard you beasted you beasted Rockstar? What do you think? I mean, there's some other Cruise songs out there. This isn't far- uh,
2: Yeah, this one was for violence and I can think of any number of other more violent songs than this. I mean, it didn't even register on my radar as, yeah, that's, that's probably questionable. I guess the title, you know, if you're just going by, well, the titles of stuff, this probably has some filthy things in it, then yeah, maybe, but not really. And... The same is true for this uh next one, which is ACDC Let Me Put My Love Into You. That one was uh sex, nothing. ACDC
1: violence. with a sex uh, That that's a stretch.
2: <laughs> yeah, that never happens. <laughs> they never do that.
1: No, that's that's not their career at all. That's so unlike <laughs> them. Let me put my love into
4: you.
2: So tame, especially if you look at it from today's standards, and especially if you think about something like White Snake slid it in, which is much more um,
1: <laughs> much more graphic, out descriptive, there, and, you know. But we let that go because that had Tawny Cathey in the videos, so that was okay. Was
2: <laughs> and She's totally hot, fine. so we said, "All right, yeah." yeah. That,
1: no, no, we thought, you know, as long as I don't have to look at David Coverdale, that's awesome. Man. <laughs> Having Adrian Vandenberg and Steve Vai in the same band, that might have been a crime against humanity. And I actually have seen them live. (laughs) Bad English opened. Anyway, we won't talk about that. There's Q again. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. You know, in, in high school, it was so funny. In high school, it was... These are things you shouldn't listen to, and then they played the opening of "Shout at the Devil," the whole <laughs> big thing at the beginning, and it was like, like
2: that's not catchy at all. I'm not going to go. I shouldn't listen to that. But that thank
1: you or for it out. I appreciate that. I, I never would have found this on my own. Thank you. <laughs> Which is the whole point of this stupid sticker. <laughs> it was like, don't listen to this, kids. Don't press this red button. Whatever you do.
3: Thank you for pressing that button. Please do not press it again.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, here's D Snyder. We talked about at the top of the uh, segment that Dee came out and spoke. By the way, that's at the very beginning of the YouTube video, so totally worth it for that reason. Twisted Sister, we're not going to take it. This got popular, not because of the swell. The song was an anthem, but also you had Nina Meyer in the video. What are you going to do with your life? You know that line? Yep. I can actually do that line, but I'm not going to blow out any of our ears and headphones here. You're all worthless and weak. I'm sorry. Sorry. I don't know. Drop and give me 20. (laughs) I know you are, but what am I? (laughs) 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 Nice.
2: This was for violence. This was ridiculous, though.
1: Only violence because I had to hear it so many freaking times. And it was like, everybody always played this at a party. It got me violent because I wanted to hurt people for playing it too much.
3: Every time I hear the the name Twisted Sister I'm reminded of a quote and I don't remember where it comes from but basically it's uh you know when you're in the rest you know, you're in the you're in the nursing home in in 2015 yes you know, there's an orderly there and you know put on Twisted Sister it's soothing it calms them
1: <laughs> <laughs> Here here put, take this uh, uh grease and throw it on that fire over there it'll just it'll put it out it's wet it's well, because if you think about it, I mean, when we're all in the
3: rest home, okay, and, and we want to hear songs from our generation, uh, back in
1: my day, songs. Yeah, of your you'll life. be playing
2: Quiet Riot and Twisted
3: Sister. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's but wasn't because this that's what we the all grew music with? that they played. Like, didn't they play this at, like every time they surrounded somebody's building? This was always the music that they played. You know, remember, like, they wanted the people to come out of, of Waco or somewhere else, or Saddam or something like that. This was always the music that they played, was Twisted Sister. What? Fire really? Pine. Yeah. Oh, I think so. I, I, if I remember well, if, correctly. It, if it
3: incites rebellion, it must be bad. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, maybe they played Madonna. That would probably okay, make not. me
1: want to leave a house early. I, 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 and, and to be fair, I like later Madonna. Uh, early Madonna is very, very difficult for me to listen. Any of the Jelly Bean vanitez stuff is very hard for me to listen to. And dress, dress You Up in My Love is not by far one of her more dirtier songs.
3: When you say you like later Madonna, I mean, are you talking about weird tattoos and and I want to be British Madonna? Like or? a
1: prayer or? Oh, I like like a prayer when other people are singing it. I don't necessarily like her version. Like John Wesley Harding's <laughs> version is pretty cool. Like his version of Personal Jesus also which is a Depeche Mode uh, hit, but actually he, he sings it pretty well. No, I like later Madonna, Ray of Light and Forward, actually. And actually, I don't mind the, any of the stuff that's been um, Orbital, that did great production. I think actually he brought a lot out in some of her music. And she is one of those I admire because she started off as the bubblegum teen Know, sex kitten, and that's how she sold, but she went and got actual training. She, you know, learned how to sing. And I've seen some of her shows where she's done dance routines and stayed in breathing rhythm and not cracked anything and just did a show. So, no, I admire Madonna because she actually learned the business, got her own record label, Maverick signed artists like Muse and others. So no, I, I, I don't necessarily dislike Madonna. There are parts of her career. I'm not a big fan of, but no, I, I don't. I think she's pretty interesting.
3: I, I can never forgive her for screwing up American pie. I just can't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. There is, well, look, there's, there's no redeeming factor here for you, Rockstar. Oh no,
2: I, I don't hate Madonna. Okay. I mean, because I first heard Madonna as a very young person when she was at the beginning of her career that's the stuff i liked and when she kind of branched out and did other things it was like oh she went all weird and stuff now so i kind of ignored a lot of it
1: i don't think anybody can do a biopic of her because where do you go with dick tracy or evita
2: (laughs) yeah exactly
1: (laughs) where do you want to go it's Body of was it body of evidence or body of proof? I forget which one it is, but yeah, she's. You in that could one.
3: add the uh, torrid love affair between her and Weird Al Yankovic, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and she's already done stuff like her her documentary video where they were on tour with her and stuff. Remember that? That you know, ooh, it was controversial, and it, okay, yeah, certainly a lot more than dress you up in my love. So, but you know, you, these these are the songs of their time. Like we are sexual perverts. F like a beast.
2: Yeah, you wouldn't expect a band whose acronym stands for that to have anything filthy, but
1: mm, no. there you go. It's What's so wrong with a wasp? It, it's an insect. <laughs> Ask Lita Ford. She's divorced from a member of Wasp. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she yeah. is. Sorry, 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 sorry. I, I watched too much of that metal show. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm the only one. You were saying about this song, Rockstar?
2: I wasn't saying about the song in particular, but more about the band. When I heard the name Wasp, I didn't think anything about it, and it wasn't until one of these campaigns against rock and roll where they said, KISS stands for knights in Satan's service and <laughs> WASP sure. stands for we are sexual perverts. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, right, it doesn't. But you know what? It probably, that think that one was true.
1: <laughs> it's another one of those in high school where everybody's like, dude, you got to hear this song. And I heard the song. I was like, okay, it's controversial, but it's not like a great song. Can we go back to playing Dead Kennedys now? Can we? <laughs> That was better. I'd rather hear that. I there was good metal, there was bad metal. I'm I know some people are very big fans of Wasp. I was not one of them. Again, I've already outed no, myself as a me priest either. fan. So this was more the word "f" was used in a song, and that was dude. Ha, ha, look, he said the word, and, <laughs> and I guess. <laughs> Yeah, you just well, you didn't you didn't hear that unless it was like the who, like who are you or something like that. You just didn't hear that very often in in radio, and certainly not in the song title.
3: You know, in Canada, on the radio, certain words get by, and no one has a cow. Unfortunately, here in the United States, we're all kind of uptight, especially the people up you know in power you know they 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 just don't have the same regulations in Canada from what i understand so you will hear an audio drama or a song where the occasional word gets by and people don't freak out
1: what you talking about there buddy <laughs> we don't like yeah, your kind around here one of my uh, favorite bands actually though Duff leopard number 10 with high and dry god this saturday seems to night be
2: Yeah, this seems so tame, yeah.
1: especially compared to number 9 <laughs> it just <laughs> i thought they were talking about laundry
2: well yeah exactly and if they were going to choose this <laughs> why didn't they wait was this me and my wine yeah that was on yeah
1: yeah, it's also on high uh, and dry.
2: That's on that album too. Why didn't they choose that one?
1: Exactly. Actually, some people would say bringing on the heartbreak because that was overplayed because they'd never played Switch uh, <laughs> Switch 635 right after, which is awesome. Those two songs are totally meant to go together. I don't care what the CD says. I just think because Def Leppard was hot at the time and I they think that was kind of weird. it. had picked on, you think? Yeah. Compared to some of these other songs on the list where I, okay, Vanity, okay, Wasp, I'm just not really sure where it was coming from on this, and part of it too. Supposedly the video, I actually didn't remember the video until I looked at it. It was not one of those that they showed very often on MTV, and if so, you had to I didn't catch. Know it they at had the
2: right a time video for that. Interesting.
1: Some of these actually did, but you just you didn't see them. You know, it just there were too many showing you dress me up in my love or dress you up in my love.
2: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't know if there was a video for this one, and they probably could have chosen pretty much any merciful fate song. Good old <laughs> King Diamond. Bow. This was into the coven and this was done for Satanism. And again, you know, pretty much any anything King Diamond, you're gonna mm. kinda of see that.
1: Yeah. Okay. At the time, and considering this was mid eighties when D and D was turning your kid into a demon. Yeah, no, I can actually get behind this one. This, this was pushing the boundaries and it wasn't something that you would see on television or anything like that. I mean, you know, Wendy O. Williams was one thing, but this was a bit pushing it. So I can kind of understand that this was, you know, destroying the fabric of our youth. Byron, did you look at the clip here uh, linked here in the show notes of this particular one?
3: I unfortunately did not get to see this one So I'm out on this particular song uh, If there's a parody of it Somebody let there me know There is a parody <laughs> of it, in fact yes. <laughs> Into the oven
1: <laughs>
3: <God>. <laughs> Another
1: Hansel and Gretel reference Nice No, I think that's been trashed Oh, look, number 12 by Black Sabbath
4: Oh, Mr. Mitchell, save me from something I thank you, Mr.
1: Now, this one is a record. This is from Born Again, if I remember right. And this is one that got shown all the time on the 700 Club. Uh, This is one that I often remember Pat Robertson showing clips of. And I just, this is. (laughs) I totally
2: misinterpreted what you said for some reason. When you said the 700 Club and that it was being shown there, it was almost like. Oh, just like you'd have on MTV. Here, this week we're featuring this one, but no, they were playing <laughs> no, it to no, tell you
1: what not to do. <laughs> no, they would. No, they would totally say these are the records your kids should not be listening to. Number one, but would they play blah. the whole Number thing? Number two, yeah, it was like the countdown to. Well, I was about to quote Megadeth: "Countdown to Extinction." <laughs> countdown no. to Extinction. It, but, but it was it was it was the weekly Satan countdown, and but the, did, how much of it did they play? They would play like two or three or four second clips or something like that, but they would show you the album covers. Like oh. bo- the Born Again album covers burned into my brain because they sat there and discussed the art and pointed at the album cover, and all that did was like every time I went to like Hastings Records or something, I was like, "Oh, dude, yeah, that's the record I saw in the Seven Hundred Club." It was just I should get had the complete opposite <laughs> effect.
3: Rule number opposite. one about seven hundred club. You don't talk about seven hundred club. Rule number <laughs> two about seven hundred club. You don't talk about seven hundred club. <laughs> Somebody should do. You know, Somebody should do like a Photoshop thing with that, you know, pink bar of soap with Fight Club
1: on it, and put seven hundred. Yeah,
2: club Yeah, and you could have the soundtrack in the background.
1: I am. I am. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm going to put the Dust Brothers in right here. This, is <laughs> if I could remember that opening speech well enough, I'd. I'd totally riff on that but God now I'm really not gonna get that image out of my head thank you <laughs> <laughs> that is gonna show up on vH1 and I'm gonna stop and watch it for a second and go damn you bro <laughs> thank you so much pirate yeah that's you're one welcome. of my favorite movies now totally ruined because now I'm gonna see Pat Robertson every time I see Brad Pitt now that's an image <laughs> you will
4: never get rid of
1: oh Lord. Now here's one that I completely don't get. It's one that I heard at the roller rink all the time. The Mary Jane Girls in my house. Not a great song, but maybe that was why they didn't like it. Was there Never heard it? Well is
2: it because the Mary Jane girls are they talking about marijuana? I guess. They were against this for sex, I guess. So guess that's not it I don't know I don't know the the weather
1: girls were completely horrible for its raining men no (laughs) sure why not
3: Is house euphemism for a (laughs) body or something? No, come on. (laughs) Sugary walls Um. in my house. Yeah. (laughs) Architecture just gets me hot.
1: (laughs) There's just something. The beautiful people, the beautiful. Okay. (laughs) I was going to make a steeple reference. Anyway. Yep. (laughs) It's all
2: relative. To the side. This one
1: I do agree with, though, here at number 14, because this band was all about it. There was a wonderful documentary I was telling Rockstar a couple of weeks ago about shock rock. And they were interviewing people like Alice Cooper and the like. And what Venom came out and said was, yeah, we looked at what everybody else was doing and said, that's not Satanism. This is Satanism. You know, (laughs) it's like... (laughs) Okay, <laughs> you know they were like, no, we were like turned into 11, man. We're gonna do this thing, and they were offended by Kiss and others and said, no, 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 don't come out in makeup, you know, don't, you're pansies, don't do that. Just come right out, and they did the whole nine yards. And so I don't blame them for putting Venom on this list because they <laughs> were more like a badge of honor, baby. <laughs>
2: How about number fifteen? We're at number fifteen
3: now. She bought. <laughs> well, that's a great, uh, you know, contrast: venom into Cindy Lumber <laughs> Laugh. into Cindy Laugh.
1: <laughs> This hour up we up next heard on two for Tuesday. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what did these two songs have in common? Coming up after the break. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> Oh uh, wow. I'm gonna admit something else here. I I own true colors on C D. Uh <clears throat> and um
2: now the internets know it and there's no there taking be, that uh, back.
1: There <sighs> may there may be there may be some secrets in Ranger's past for girls he dated in the eighties that yeah, anyway. So my, my Oh it's all somebody collection. else's fault. Yeah. yeah <laughs> yes. Yes, but I willingly bought it.
3: It's amazing the crap that you will buy and make mixtapes out of because of some girl that you have a fancy for, you know? It's like uh-huh. I I
1: I I legitimately bought this CD and I don't know why. George Michael's Pride of Prejudice. Oh, you didn't. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, the truth comes out. I think
2: I'm disconnecting now. I'm off the show.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, no. So
2: yeah, Th- that she bought. I was too young to understand anything about this
1: ever. However, stitch and time saves nothing. <laughs> no, this one kind of was a little flirty with the lyrics, and yeah, there were there were always songs that kind of wink or nod to sex, but yeah, this was. Sort of, kind of obvious, I guess. I mean, I was young and naive too, so I didn't completely get it at first until I actually listened to her perform this live once. On uh, I listened to it because she was performing at the Summit in Houston, and it was simulcast on a Houston radio station. And it was like, ooh, wow, I didn't have to go to the show and I could hear the concert. And then she came right out and said what the song was about. And I was like, uh oh, uh oh, oh, okay then.
3: Why am I just imagining Jim's dad from American Pie sitting down with you, Joe? And he's got his glasses on <laughs> and the big, thick you know, eyebrows. And he goes, well, you know, Joe, it's perfectly natural for a man to take things into hand, if
1: you know what I mean. Wink. <laughs> Master of his own domain, right? Is that what you're going for here? <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Quote Seinfeld there for you. It I'm going to go make the obvious. Yep. The song, pretty catchy. And so it was a good pop hit. I'm Casey Kasem, and I want to tell you about the story of this song. You know,
3: <laughs> why are we playing a damn death dedication right after an up-tempo record? <laughs> ponderous, man, freaking ponderous. Ponderous.
1: <laughs> now I'm gonna have to go find that for show notes. Thank you. That's <laughs> cool. I so, love it. These are the Filthy 15. Again, <laughs> some of these, I guess, are even if we put them into context, even if we take ourselves out of the space-time continuum and journey in our TARDIS back to the 80s, I'm not completely sure that some of these were as offensive as people made them out to be at the time. Certainly, they were looking for examples to get that little sticker on there. And it worked, because we we did get those stickers. But you compare that to half the stuff on MTV or Fuse where they have to bleep every other word to the point that it, why is it even a song? I I don't really, you know, I'm shocked. I mean, because we lowered standards later.
3: This show has just totally made me devoid of all morals. You know, after hearing all of these songs, I'm just a a pawn in Satan's game now. I've resigned
1: myself to my fate and
3: I'm just in the void of lack of morals.
1: Oh well. Roll this 20 side uh, for a saving throw because you, you might be able to make it to noms.
3: Hey, where's the Mountain Dew? Hey, can I have some Cheetos? I'm
8: fat,
7: fat,
8: fat.
1: I like the second one. You'd have Oreos. That one's pretty cool, actually. Oh yeah, that was funny. That one's that one's kind of funny. What were you saying, Rockstar?
2: I was saying uh, we're fresh out of Cheetos, but you can have Oreos.
1: Mm. Mm. and an eye report.
2: Yes, we have an eye report about Oreos from Beth. Hey guys, great show, man! Did you bring back memories?
7: Do you remember? And yes, Oreos, the chocolate Oreos was the O R E O. Yep, you got it right, Rockstar. Do you guys remember? And I don't know if these are still available. I'm trying to be good and stay away from this stuff, but. Devil Dogs, hmm, remember those? And Ho-Hos, and Yo-Yos, and Ring-Dings, and Mallow-Mars, those cookies with a marshmallow inside it, and the marshmallow Easter bunnies, oh yeah, all good stuff. And I loved the Julia Child song at the end of the show. I don't know how you guys did that, but that was awesome. And Justin Wilson. Oh, what a memory that is. My parents and I used to sit and watch him, not for the food. We we didn't like the Cajun stuff, but we loved his stories. I'm going to tell you a story. Well, I guarantee I sure did enjoy EOL Extra and looking forward to the next EOL.
3: Bye for now.
1: Yes, Beth, I remember all of those. <laughs> you would. Yeah, uh, yeah, kind of a thing you have to do to host a show like this. Yep, totally on it. Actually, I have mint Oreos here at the house right now. That's
5: the. Oreo, 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 (laughs) (laughs) Oreo.
1: (laughs) Um, I came across this other link though. I don't know if you guys watched it and prepped for the show, but uh, one of the new hosts at Twit who does this week in YouTube does this side project called We Eat Stuff bam and pickled pig's feet that, that that part is really really funny
3: old easter candy <clears throat> that was pretty awesome <laughs> i don't even know what this is i've actually been subscribed to lamar wilson's channel for a long time so i kind of know about his evolution it started out as a tech show um, so he would review tech and he decided at one point you know this is not who i am this is what people told me would would bring in traffic you know they they said you should be the tech guy And and he said, no, I, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to do a vlog where, yeah, maybe I talk about tech from time to time, but I talk about things that interest me and where I can either be serious and have a topic like, you know, why I don't date very often or doing something really stupid and weird like eating bizarre food. So Lamar Wilson has kind of changed his formula or his format if you will but his channel is really just sort of like an a uh, once every couple of days vlog where he does Random weird things, and this, this just happened to be one of those things. So, uh, he doesn't eat stuff every day, um, but but he's <laughs> <Yeah>. definitely <worth laughs> well, he might out. He just doesn't <laughs> he,
1: he might to continue existing, yes, but but he's well, not eating true. strange stuff every day, He's not I, eating I on know, camera
3: yeah. every day, right? Yeah. Right, right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Like man versus food, that dude doesn't do those challenges anymore because the doctor told him you might be killing yourself by trying to eat this hoagie in 10 minutes, you really. You really should stop that.
3: <laughs> oh, dude, speaking of YouTube and food, you know, you're talking about we eat stuff where he just ate all kinds of weird stuff. And that, that was certainly interesting. You should go watch that. But another thing you should watch is this channel called Epic Meal Time.
1: Yes, Epic Meal Time is, is a classic on the internet. If you if you aren't watching this, this is one of those like Ask a Ninja. This is Just one of those you really need to be familiar with if you're into internet or YouTube meme culture.
3: Yeah, so they've done stuff like, one of the recent ones they did was they built a meat tank. So they had, you know, like, uh, burgers for the outside of of the treads, and then they had, like, what was it, like, sausages for the actual treads? And then they had a big... Like a uh, meat bazooka and a big hamburger meat uh, body of the tank, and then they just sit there and they they eat this thing. They they just and and it, bacon and beef and burgers and deep fried burgers and bacon and bacon and bacon. It's it's worth watching. It'll give you a heart attack just watching.
1: They were on the final weeks of Attack of the Show a lot. I I miss Attack. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they were on a bunch, and they were interviewed, and they were talking about things that they were planning on doing. It was the post-Kevin Pereira era. It was the uh, last six to eight months there. So they were on that a lot, and that's how I I knew them before that, because Kevin used to talk about them all the time on the show. So that's kind of where I learned about them. And cool. them and United States of Bacon, which is on Destination America, one of those obscure channels you may or may not have on your satellite or cable system, are great places for finding some of that. And Travel Channel. Travel Channel really kind of sort of started that with uh, man versus food and some other places. But there are some just real strange food things. Not, not even Guy Fiorian and diners, drive-ins and dives. You know, dude, stop. You know, uh, (laughs) the wing challenge at Man vs. Food, and I think it was out towards the East Coast, and it was wings that actually had been fried with the sauce from previous buffalo wing sauces, and then it was injected into them. And, oh, you know, wow. it, it was really, really like hot. And the challenge was like to eat five of these things, period, oh with no God. milk or anything Man, like that's that. that's
2: crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, they have and, one at Buffalo he, Wild he Wings where you
2: have like, what is it? You have the blazing wings, which really are quite hot. Yeah. And I think you have to eat 18 of them in five minutes or something really crazy
1: and oh. we and we've talked about ghost peppers and stuff before it's actually in the show notes at eolshow.com on a previous episode and we're uh, kind of sort of hit the wall is when they said they had to wear gloves in order to avoid acid burns to eat said burger
2: yeah that's, that's kind of a problem
1: yeah that's well, a the little dude too is cooking hot. it and no, he's got that's a gas just... mask on you know that's that's wrong
2: Aww. you might need some I can be the to I can't see wearing the gas mask even normally if you're cooking with a lot of peppers or something really hot you can breathe it in and really not have a great time of it.
1: Yeah. Just got to have some soda to wash it down. Like, speaking of other things, I saw this on the Food Network, I believe, or, or cooking channel.
2: Yeah, dry and soda.
1: Dry soda. Hey. It sounds weird.
2: I saw this and I was like, I was thinking it was like some kind of bizarre powder. And somehow you added water and it would start fizzing at you and become a soda. But that's not what no, this the soda is. soda
1: stream. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm
2: sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> no, those have little bottles and stuff, so it's not like powder, I don't think.
4: No, uh, no you're but
2: right. Yeah. So dry soda is just has minimal ingredients. They use cane sugar for this, uh, but they don't use a lot of it, so it's apparently not very sweet at all. There's like seven flavors of it, and they're talking about, oh, you can put it in cocktails, or you can drink it by itself, or you can do whatever you want.
3: That's really weird.
1: Well, I threw this in because it's like Jones sodas. There's this cottage industry thanks to the internet for all these things you probably would never run into in the A&P. Okay, I dated myself there. Uh, (laughs) And you would probably, you know, not come across this stuff. But the internet, the wild world web, has all this type of stuff like this and Jones. Because who would drink turkey and gravy soda?
2: Yeah, I was thinking beef soda, but it was. It was turkey and gravy.
1: Yeah. But these are interesting and and, uh, you're starting to see coffee. Like there was uh, Tonks Coffee from uh, listening to Twit uh, where it's the Netflix of coffee. They'll send you coffee every two weeks. You know, it's like Fruit of the Month Club for coffees. And I was like, dude, okay. Well, places like Dry Soda and others are doing the exact same thing. You can actually, to those you might love or hate, gift sodas to them. You know, there
3: is a thing called open soda. And basically if you think in, uh, if you think of open source, you know, it is home brewed soda, my friend, Bill Putt and his friend, Anthony, they make this stuff and they bring it to conventions. So at Penguicon in 2012, it won the hack of honor. So, Ooh. you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's brew your own soda. So don't buy a well, whole bunch of People do this just make with beer
2: in their bathtub or otherwise. Yeah.
3: Um, Microbrews.
2: So yeah, yeah, why not?
3: Soda.
1: Would you like some s'more flavored egos to go with that? Ooh, soda. Probably and not. No. No. Okay. Maybe a nice light liqueur coffee to go with your your s'more egos.
2: <laughs> oh, that would work. Yeah. Sure.
1: Mm, okay. There you go.
2: Start drinking at seven in the morning. Here's your breakfast of uh, Baileys
1: and s'mores. <laughs> make that coffee Irish, I tell you.
3: <laughs> so it just sounds like something that would make you instantly fat. You know, you're you're hundred you're hundred and fifty pounds, nice and fit. You just come in from a jog. You sit down for breakfast. Somebody hands you Eggo s'mores, and all of a sudden you're just like, uh,
1: uh. <laughs> come on, Alfan, give me a lyric, fat.
3: Uh, I got more chins than Chinatown, you know. There we go, okay. The paper cracks when one. I fall but, down. There you go. Uh,
1: uh, I can't I'm sing, fat. but, you
3: know, there you go. Hey, dramatic reading of Weird Al lyrics.
1: <laughs> See, I, I just, when you said that, that's where my mind went. Yeah, the, I ate these. They, believe it or not, were not like the cinnamon, pumpkin, spicy ones I talked about before. This was actually very subtle. And you didn't have well, I, I don't want to use the term flavor crystals because <clears throat> that just sounds terrible, but they' they're flex and uh, they're somewhat in the middle of the grooves of the waffle, not necessarily on the on the top. And it's not like the waffle tastes like graham cracker, but they're just little hints of chocolate and marshmallow, and it actually was not as bad as I thought. I really was kind of being trepidatious and going, I'm gonna take one for the show here. Um, no, these these were not horrible. I don't know that I would go out of my way to buy another box, and these are limited edition. It's another one of the seasons of Eggos, but not horrible if you decide that you want to try them. I did not use butter or peanut butter like I usually did. Like, that was the way I was able to get through the uh, pumpkin spice ones was to add a little peanut butter. Uh,
2: peanut butter and pumpkin? No.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow. No, it was... It was it was okay. One one actually helped this along with
2: the George Michael thing. Man, you're you're striking out.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Sorry, I've totally destroyed her mental image. I I'm sorry. (laughs) It's terrible, 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 terrible. No, 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 no. (laughs) Insert reference here. Homework, homework. What? Oh, I'm sorry. What? You need the reference for that?
3: No no, I just I was just saying insert reference here, you know, cuz Oh, so, okay, It no, just it happens here guys, you know, uh, this this okay. is the curse of a geek's life, you know. You're in public, <laughs> you're standing in line at at uh,
1: a restaurant and, and, you quote and somebody Cleveland says for something a family guy and people and look just, at you in line like,
3: "The hell was that all doing? about?" <laughs> yes. Oh.
1: Did anybody get to try the homework assignment? The three not I flavors couldn't find ladies. Yeah, they are pretty popular. Byron, did you get to see any of these uh, sriracha, uh, the cheesy bread, or the impossible-to-find chicken, chicken and, waffle. and waffle?
3: I did not. However, this, I hope this doesn't violate any terms of service or uh, you know, uh, disclaimer yes, rules yes, or yeah. whatever. But, um, yes, Mr. Eagle. <laughs> I, I was taking part in uh, this thing where you would do surveys for consumer packaging companies uh and you know just to earn a little bit of extra money and it turned out to kind of be basically you'd have to spend 60 minutes doing a survey online in order to get three bucks and it just wasn't (laughs) worth it
1: totally worth it
3: (laughs) i tried it just to see so one of the things that they were talking about is well before these three flavors came out i did a survey that asked me which of these types of chips would I be likely to buy. And so they had all of these, like, savory flavors. And actually, the chicken and waffles and all those were not on that list. But they had, like, gravy and biscuits, I think, or uh, country dinner. That'd be good. Like, chicken and mashed potatoes. I'd go for that. (laughs) You know, and they were in chips. So when these came out, I'm like, I remember doing a survey about that. And half the ones they they listed in the survey sounded awesome. And the three they actually came out with don't sound appetizing at all. So, what? no, <laughs> I haven't tried these, but...
1: What did you <laughs> Out of think? all these flavors that you could have chosen, these were the flavors I really wouldn't have tried at all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Did you guys basically polarize my survey? <laughs> well, after taking the one and carrying the three, we realized that you in your area, being uh, an Arizonan shoved up in Minnesota, we realized that this would be... No, I'm kidding. The
2: <laughs> we don't have green chilies, but uh, we can give you sriracha. <laughs>
1: Those were okay. So I tried those. It's kind of sweet on the front and a little bit of a kick on the end. The tomatillos are better. Yeah, the tomatillo versions of Lay's were much better, much hotter, more limey on the front, tomatoey on the back. I like those a little better because I got those instead of uh, chicken and waffle because we couldn't find those. But cheesy bread tastes like at times, burnt cheesy bread. So they got that right. <laughs> that was great. Burnt cheesy bread. Mm. Yeah. And uh, Buddy Brannon, uh, who has been a third chair, uh, episode two, um, tried chicken and waffle. And uh, where he got me was maple syrup flavor on Lay's potato chips. And then I went, you know, I'm kind of glad I didn't find that third flavor to try for the show doesn't taste very much like chicken. He had said it was more like the waffle part. And those were popular, man. You could you could not find those. When we went to San Diego, we actually tried to get these and I, I could find them here in Houston, but I was afraid that they weren't going to make the 1500 mile trick. So chose not to get them because we thought we could find them in San Diego. And we actually scoured a couple of places in San Diego, Rockstar and our, our drivers and all, and we couldn't find it. So Popular, super, super popular. The problem with this is that at the end of the day, these are Lay's chips. And Pringles, I don't know why. They're thicker. They hold flavoring better. But Lay's chips are so thin and oily. And this is also what Buddy said. It just does not do well for flavors. Even their barbecue flavor to me has always felt kind of...
2: No, I'm, I'm okay with the barbecue flavor, even though I'm not a big fan of barbecue in general. And maybe that's what uh, barbecue flavoring in general. Maybe that's why I like the lays because they don't taste much like barbecue chips. But Toonhead also tried all three of these and uh, we have links to his audio booze as he and two other people in his house give these a shot. And, um, turns out his favorite is the sriracha flavor. And uh, chicken and waffles <laughs> made him very thirsty, and uh, he wasn't a big fan. But garlic cheesy bread, pretty good. If you want to uh, listen as he actually tries these and records that, you can check out the show notes, eolshow.com. And uh, we've got those there.
3: Every time I hear somebody talk about, oh, you should listen to my audio booze, I'm thinking, is that like where you get drunk through the ears or something?
2: <laughs> For some people, it. Kind of is, but um, so. no, it's yeah. B-O-O-S. But I agree, I I tend to think the same thing. Listen to my booze.
1: What should we have as our next homework assignment, oh great rock star?
2: I think we should talk about toast. Yeah,
3: toast. Yeah, toast! <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
4: toast!
3: Oh God, I wish I had two forks in a toaster right now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We want you <laughs> to tell us tales of toast.
1: Tell us what you think uh, <laughs> is best. Tell us what, what is it cinnamon raisin for you? Is it uh, French? Maybe even toast Melba. Um, garlic that. toast,
2: Melba toast, Texas toast.
1: huh. Texas Frim toast, toast. With
2: jelly. Yeah. We're not going to judge that much. No,
1: just tell us what you guys like best with toast, on toast, with toast, or type of toast. We want to know, yeah, toast. Let's get toasted. Yeah. Now you're just going to make me start quoting 15, filthy 15s. No, way! stop that. I guess for promotional videos, if you look back at what we heard earlier from Minnesota, did you know that there's a new promotional video for uh, the new Star Trek film, Into Darkness?
4: Yeah. I want to see that.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah. That, it, along the same lines as what Minnesota is doing, you know, because once when somebody does something on the internet, everybody copies it. Well, take a listen to what Paramount did here. Open click on style
8: on style a
0: Well, thank you. The only thing I know how to do with it is. Wait, there's lots more to learn, and Mac for the Blind can teach you. As an Apple-certified support professional in Lion and Mountain Lion, with eight years experience on Mac and four years experience on iOS, TripleClick Home's own John Panerese has what it takes to get you comfortable and productive with all your Apple gadgets. Training packages are available for both Mac and iDevices. When you're ready to take a taste of all that your Apple can do, visit www.macfortheblind.com to get started.
8: BackForTheBlind.com
2: And we're back. And now by Vectron, it's time for us to talk about what we've been consuming. I guess I'll start first. The Vectron reference is from one of the things I've been consuming, which is uh, Mitchell and Webb. Although... That reference doesn't come from this particular thing. It is uh, that Mitchell and Webb sound, which was on BBC Radio 4, and now you can get your own box set of it. And uh, it's incredibly awesome British humor. And because it is radio, there aren't any times if you're listening to this on audio and you go, everybody's laughing and I don't really understand why. Since it's radio, everything is just done through audio cues and so on. And uh, there are 24 episodes of this, far too few in my view. But um, David Mitchell and Robert Webb, Correct. and they have a couple of other people who appear Colman, in who's one their of my sketches favorites. Olivia Coleman, yes, and yeah, uh, she's awesome. Sarah. There, Sarah. I forget her last name. She appeared in uh, seasons three and four, and a couple of other gentlemen as well. They have some recurring sketches as well as some that are, you know, completely unique. This later turned into a series on BBC for television, which was that Mitchell and Webb look. So used you to be have on them. On Netflix. <laughs> Yeah, it's no longer as of January, apparently.
1: Hopefully it'll come back around. uh, Vicar Dibley was gone for a while, and now it's back, and so is Father Ted. They kind of rotate them in and out. But Peep Show is there, which is also Mitchell and Webb. Um, Seasons 1 through 7, Series 8 is on Hulu, Rats. Uh, So if you're on one uh, service and not the other, Uh, Peep Show is much more two guys living in an apartment together kind of British comedy, and meaner, whereas Mitchell and Webb look and sound are sketch comedy. This is an ongoing series and very, very interesting, and also has Olivia, uh, where she's just hysterical as Mark's girlfriend, or what later happens in the series. And uh, Magicians, which is a movie with Mitchell and Webb, is also on. Netflix, so you can watch that. These guys are very pro- prolific, as well as Byron. They were the voices of the robots on Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. Oh Sorry. my God! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so th- th- these guys are are pillars of the British uh, comedy scene and awesome. Definitely go check these out.
2: Yes, you must. As far as books, I have finally started reading The Dresden Files, which is a series by Jim Butcher, and this is definitely urban fantasy where you have a nice hard-boiled detective and he's investigating various things, but uh, turns out he's also a wizard, so that keeps things interesting and he's investigating various supernatural happenings And this is just a really fun series. It's, I won't say it's quite mind candy because it's a little deeper than that, but it really is fun. It's a relaxing series to read. And I like the character of Harry Dresden because he's very human. You know, he's very well drawn where he does some things that are just completely idiotic and that all plays into the plot, but somehow always manages to make things turn out mostly right. Uh, it's a so series, again, that's right? it's
1: like nine. It or is a series. Ten books. Yep,
2: it's uh, it. It was uh, they came out with the Dresden Files on. It was a television series, and I think it was yeah, only a single five, season. season. It may have
1: been two. No, one. One. Okay. Yeah, in and out.
2: I haven't I- seen the series at all, but the books are great. I think there are about fourteen, sixteen of these books by now.
1: Um, the Jim Butcher has I think, are read by Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and other places. Torchwood. Very uh, interesting. Yeah. And Does he
2: have his accent there?
1: Well, he um, he, he goes he goes in and out, you know, because he'll he'll do that for different characters and the like. And I can't remember if they're abridged on Audible or not. I, I something tells me that some are and some aren't. And this is a series that everybody tells me I should read. I just couldn't slide into it well enough to kind of stay with it, even though it does have Spike in it, and I adore Spike and and all of that. So maybe if you get into this and you really think it's a great series, you'll probably beat me into submission and I'll end up reading it. Um Byron, were you familiar with this series, or did you see the TV series when when it was on fi?
3: No, unfortunately I did not. So I'm out well, of the loop.
2: Well, that's all right. There's... There's plenty of time to get into that. These have been around since uh, 2000 or so. And it was one of those that everybody kept saying, read this, read this, read this. And then I would look at different authors that I enjoyed and they would post to their blogs what they had been reading or what they recommended. And so many of the authors that I liked recommended this as well that it was like, all right, everybody, shut up. I'll start (laughs) reading the series. And I'm really glad that I did. So I, I was waited sixty uh, years
1: for a dance with dragons. Oh wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> so Six I thought it was gonna be like an adult for a dance with dragons. I, I thought it was gonna thrones, be like an adult
3: Harry kids, Potter or it. something. I, I I wasn't sure
1: if Not it was gonna those be either.
2: It's really not. I've, n- and- I've
1: not read the Harry Potter books. I'm gonna be. This is the one series I said. <laughs> All right,
2: three sacrilege, strikes, you This is
1: this is the <laughs> one series where I said I'm gonna watch the movies, then read the books. I'm gonna be that guy, right? Like when mm-hmm. I saw, I read Hunt for Red October. And, and I was just like, oh, man, the book was better. I Again, Rage of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> and and I I tore through the book and then got to the movie, and people were like, I really kind of like the movie. Well, I really kind of like the book. Well, this was such a big hit that I kind of said, you know what? I'm going to be that guy who annoys everybody else by saying, I'm going to watch the movies first and then go back and read the books. And,
3: and you haven't gone back and read the books. See, I, I didn't know about Harry Potter really until after I saw the movie, and then I went back and read the books up until four uh and then of course i had to wait for five six and seven which was torture but you need to go read those i i, I know it's probably one of those these. things where it's like oh, you know, geez you know harry potter it's like you know the thing that everybody loves and it's probably going to suck but you, you got to try it
1: i should read these okay wait, wait, which which yeah. one rockstar which which one should i be should i be reading dresden with you or should i be reading potter what would you make the call
2: um wow. One of them is kind of a cultural icon and the other one is is
1: makes you feel know, any better. I haven't watched like that. past movie four, so Oh Not okay. I, well
2: then yeah. there's there's still there's time. Hope. You can watch the other <laughs> yes, three yes. and then go back and read the books.
3: <laughs> you know, just so don't, just don't let time catch up with you. You know, you you don't want to be in a hospital bed, uh, you know, frail and weak. Regretting. And about to, <laughs> You know, pass. You know, and the one thing I never did. Well, I still had the time.
1: Was read the Harry Potter. Well, you know, there's a Mitchell and Webb sketch about
2: that. As a matter of fact, (laughs) so so there's one more thing that I've been consuming, and you know, really, there is just no delicate way to say this. Actually, the fact that Ranger introduced me to vaginal (laughs) fantasy. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's what she said. How, this uh, is that's where That's were born, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's, oh, uh, no. That's being published. Yes, but, that's but honest, being published. it's true, actually. This the, is really funny is... Knowing Rockstar as well as I do, in that, oh, this isn't going to sound any better. But knowing Rockstar as well as I do. <laughs> keep digging, keep digging. And I'm, um, I am, I, um, give get me, get me the keys to that Samsung bulldozer, please. Uh, can you? I adore Felicia Day, and she does Geek Unsundry over at YouTube, and I follow Geek Unsundry, and I saw this go flying by that there was a new episode of this, and I went, wonder what that's all about. And I started reading it and looking at it and I watched the first episode and then I started DMing Rockstar almost immediately like, oh, this is so your show. So I'll I'll, I'll let you explain it, but I just thought I would kind of back up what you just said a second ago to clarify. Uh (laughs) Uh,
2: (laughs) Clarify. Yeah, Yeah, that works. I,
1: I thought I'd help you there a little.
2: So this is with Veronica Belmont and Felicia Day and two other women And they're talking about a genre that really didn't have a name until now, and this is the fantasy genre where there is some element of romance in the series, and so they've called it vaginal fantasy, which is really pretty horrible, but
1: descriptive. It fits. Think about they're shooting for
2: like it does. Books like Naked in Death or the *The In Death series, really, by J.D. Robb, where you have a kick-ass detective in the near future named Eve Dallas, and she is, uh, you know, fighting crime and taking killers down and so on, and she just happens to have a really hot Irish husband who is incredibly wealthy, and uh, that becomes kind of a part of the series as a whole. Uh, look at the Outlander series by Diana Gabaldon where they are looking at uh, 18th century Scotland and uh, later America. And uh, in this series is uh, time travel where Claire is uh, goes back from the 1960s to this 18th century Scotland. So you got a bunch of sexy half-naked Highlanders along with a historical romance. So that's another example of this. Of course, Jacqueline Carey, the uh, Kushiel's Dart series, which I've only read one of thus far. Any number of other things really fit into this. Maybe some paranormal romance fits into that. I guess the commonality in all of these things is that, A, there is some romance, and B, there's usually a heroine a female main character who is you know strong and tough and smart and you know there's also a sexual element there or a romantic element there so i'm glad that there's finally a name for this genre and uh, i i love l- listening to these guys discuss various and sundry books and what they think about them all
1: and 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 byron <coughs> <clears throat> dudes could watch this, but let me <clears throat> let me sell it to you. Four good looking geek girls talking about Dude. sci-fi and books like it was a slumber party. See oh totally, totally worth watching. I'm just telling oh you. God. Beyond the book talk, which is which is all well and good. Well you already had me
3: sold. I mean my ears perked when you said time travel. So you know, that doesn't take much more beyond time travel to sell me into it.
1: But just just telling you. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And, And 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 not faux geeks either. Remember, Veronica is 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 a geek by right with sword and laser. Felicia is the guild. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know so no totally totally on and and if you don't know your books and you don't know your sci-fi you're in trouble because all that is is for pretty ladies talking um but definitely totally worth it and the second i heard it i just knew it was rock star stuff and so um definitely go check that out and all of that uh byron what have you been consuming my friend <sighs> wow that's a good question, because I have been
3: consuming <laughs> a lot. <laughs> okay, so first of all, uh, have any of you guys watched a TV show called Community before?
1: I no. I tried getting into it. I really have, and especially after Inspector Space Time, I tried. Ah. But I I can't. I just, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's going to have to like go a couple of years, and then I come back to it, like I did with Seinfeld. I don't know. But okay, I, I well understand that, why people like it. I understand it's super geeky.
3: Well, that's exactly why I was going to bring it up because uh, I just discovered Inspector Space Time, um, oh, which awesome. is a. Um, I'll just read from the community wiki real quick. Inspector Space Time is a British science fiction television program. That's oh, I'm sorry. That's program A. That's how they say it in in, in Britland. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> Anyway, it's a it's a, uh, it's a British science fiction television program that's been on the air uh, within the Community universe. You know you, you would you've heard of Star Trek universe, the Star Wars universe, the Community universe. Uh, anyway, it's been on since 1962, and it features the adventures of a time travel alien simply named the Inspector and a variety of associates that he brings along with him, including his current partner Constable Reggie. And uh, so I've been just going. Crazy watching the clips of Inspector Space Time from from Community, and it's it's fun, it's interesting. You know, I, I haven't actually gotten into the show, but clips of it in, in YouTube of picking on Doctor Who and just doing a complete parody of it is is awesome in my heart.
1: So, yeah, have I've been enjoying that. Have you seen the um, Q and A from Gallifrey? No, I have not. I'll have to check that out. Mm. So Gal- Gallifrey one had a Q and A session. Inspector Space Time, and thank you, Radio Free Scaro, for pointing that out because then I went and found it totally, totally funny. They invent the mythos on the fly. If you know your Doctor Who, uh, there's some some great Doctor uh, Second Doctor jokes, there's some hysterical stuff there, so it is really, really funny. And there were at Gallifrey this year cosplayers <laughs> Inspector Space Time, so there's <laughs> There, there's some real warped stuff there, but not every Doctor Who parody is is great, but uh, this one's a great one of the modern era and definitely worth looking into. There are a couple of YouTube clips also. There was a show on TNT, uh, Leverage, that had one of the characters that was into Doctor Who, and they had Doctor Who references. What I thought was really cool was for April Fool's this year. Hulu announced that they were green lighting series, Milf Island, And Inspector Space Time. So if you're a 30 Rock fan, you got those references pretty quickly, as well as being a community fan, because Milf Island is one of the shows that Jack looks into for killing the network.
3: It's interesting. Yeah, I, I don't remember where I heard about Inspector Space Time. I don't know if it was from an EOL show or from a Nerdist podcast or something, but I, yeah. I latched onto that right away. So that was one of the things I've been insp- And I been, think Hardwick's talked consuming. about
1: that once or twice. I think he's even mentioned it on his television program on BBCA.
3: Yeah. So the other thing I've been consuming uh, is a book, uh, and unfortunately— Page by page, it's you're, not-
1: you're eating it, right?
3: I am eating it, yes. Um okay. why am I suddenly thinking of the bookshop skit from Monty Python?
1: anyway, yep, 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 yep. I yep, was yep, thinking yep, of the yep.
2: Simpsons episode where uh Homer is Mr. Burns uh prank monkey and they go into <laughs> the comic book store. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> they buy a mint condition comic. Would you um? Yeah. Would you like a bag? No, I'll eat it right here.
0: Oh no! <laughs> I'm thinking of a very not well known thing from PBS in the early 90s called Books from Cover to Cover. It has a theme song that goes, "I eat books from cover to cover." Just let you
1: know. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Thank, thank you, thank you, Boris and the Spheres. No thank problem. You. Now I have to find the theme song. Great. True. Okay. This is true. I know. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, just so everybody knows, that's the danger any of us have with quotes is that I I help put together show notes. So sometimes I actually have to go back to hosts and say, hey, remember when you said so-and-so, do you have a clip or or link? What's that from? I I didn't get the reference, which never
3: happens with you, by the way.
1: (laughs)
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, he, he, uh, never he, he, get he always gets his references.
1: Uh, no, <laughs> I I will freely admit something in my part of consuming. I I have I have unfortunately a geek sadness to talk about up, upcoming. But you were you're consuming this book
3: with mustard and ketchup. Yes.
1: Okay. So the book mm-hmm. is the book is called "Exploding the Phone:
3: The Untold Story of the Teenagers and Outlaws Who Hacked Ma Bell." And it's not an audio Ooh, format as far as I can tell. Uh, but it is available on Amazon. Ding, 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 ding. You can now read Amazon Books, a Kindle uh, app on your iPhone. So that's kind of cool. But
1: this, this book so was Captain, written. So Captain Crunch and uh, the Blue Box, the Brown Box, the Red Box, uh, Steve Wozniak, Steve Jobs? Because, you know, they yeah, made actually, Boxes. Yeah,
3: actually, the forward of this book was written by Steve Wozniak and the book itself was written by a guy named Phil Lapsley uh, and it's just a really good read and you should definitely check it out.
1: Those in the Kevin Mitnick books uh, as buddies talked about on some of our other Sarah talk podcasts. Yeah, definitely. Very good reads if you want to understand the history of computing and how things were Um, yours truly may have had Blue boxes in high school. Anyway, well, let's just keep moving on. What else have you been consuming?
3: <laughs> okay, well, along sort of the same lines, uh, because the iOS app for Kindle is accessible, there's a magazine put out called 2600 The Hacker Quarterly. And uh, oh, yes. if you if you listen to the Off the Hook show or Off the Wall with Emmanuel Goldstein uh, on WBAI or uh, what's the other, WUSB or something like that in, in New York, uh, is one off the wall is on. I forget w for that. W United Serial
1: Bus. That's a great station.
3: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they produce this magazine, and I've always wanted to read it. But I've never found a copy of it that I could read. I've tried scanning it, and they fade the pictures into the text in such a way that it's hard to scan. Yep. Uh, and wow. I've just never seen it anywhere where I could read it. So last night during Serospective's, uh we were talking about the accessibility of the kindle app and i remembered oh snap the kindle store has 2600 you can subscribe to it for like 99 cents a month or something. So I, I turned my mic down right in the middle of Serospectives while they're talking about, you know, accessible money or something. I don't know. And, and I was buying 2600 Magazine and checking. I can read 2600 Magazine for the first time in like 10 or 12 years or whatever it's been that I've been following Emmanuel Goldstein and the 2600 crew, and I can actually read it now. So I'm all excited about that. Yay. So, yes
1: exciting any, Very excited any about being copies of um dragon magazine from the 80s up there yet I I oh wait <clears throat> sorry another another dating myself yes I remember 2600 and uh the, those were really good and when I was in the Atari Hayes groups uh, that that's something that would come up from time to time and just fascinating even going over old Things like um, old old copies of, say, EGM, of Electronic Gaming Monthly, or Warping Back to uh, Next Generation, which was a great, great magazine. Didn't stay around very long because it was good. Or uh, they've started to digitize a lot of the old Byte magazines, which have a lot of classic sci-fi written in them too, because you had Isaac Asimov and others writing for Byte. So there's a lot as to Omni. Omni it was a magazine I loved. I, I can't even explain why, but um, Omni is digitized and all available now in digital, if I remember correctly. So there's some classic reading out there. More reading than you could probably ever, ever, ever get to in a lifetime.
3: Yep, ain't that the truth. So that's what I've been consuming in the uh, literature department. Uh, and then just very quickly, the uh, two things from Netflix I've been consuming uh, are Sleepwalk With Me, which is about an up-and-coming stand-up comedian who deals with career and relationship issues while trying to ignore his outrageous sleepwalking habit. And it stars Mike <laughs>
1: Him, Michael. oh yeah, I know Big, Big, yeah. Well, that dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, He's so. related to heel, 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 heel. I'm sorry, there's a Steve Barton reference.
3: Oh my God. <laughs> heel, 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 heel. And I was sitting there in my head while you guys were doing your thing, saying. Mike Berbiglia, Mike Berbiglia, Mike Berbiglia. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just trying to pronounce it. <laughs> and right. the green light. Now the red light
1: go. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> <Been> <laughs> yeah, there. exactly. So it's, it's very good, The magic of editing. It's going to stay there. <laughs> what's the other one you've been consuming?
3: <laughs> uh, the other one I've been consuming, we mentioned uh, briefly earlier today, and it is a TV series uh, put out by the Siffy Network, um, which they uh, haven't yeah. done anything really all that Sounds good like lately. Z's.
1: No, yeah,
3: you know, I'm going to get to uh, that of, in a
1: second. Go ahead.
3: Kind of bored <laughs> with you know the, the quantum kitchen and all this other weird crap on SIFI, but they're producing a really good show called Continuum, and uh, it's about this woman who is a police officer in 2077 who is swept along with a gang of uh, condemned terrorists back in time and she's trying to stop these people from changing the future uh, or changing the past to affect the future uh, and make their cause uh, be the, the prominent one in the timeline. So it's really good. And uh, I kind of imagine it as a, combination of time tracks and greatest american hero only because she has this weird suit that she uses to help her deal with these terrorists and it has all this advanced technology in it and so it's it's not funny in the way that greatest american hero was or cheesy in the way that greatest american hero was but i I always keep wanting to say hey did you get a manual with that suit you know it's just
1: (laughs) exactly and where's robert colp (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, imagine Time Tracks but with a female lead role instead of a guy. So,
1: and eventually I'm going to watch this. You you've said it was really good. It's on Netflix. Uh, season 1 is and season 2 is coming. It got renewed. So, I I'm I'm in this weird place now where there's so many sci-fi shows out there. I kind of will let first season slide until I know that there's continuation. Of course, with sci-fi I'm totally stuck on Alphas and thanks to Big Bang Theory I now know there's a cliffhanger at the end of season 2 so now I don't know if I'll continue watching Alphas cuz I'm still in first season. Tom Merritt recommended it and so I started getting into it and now I'm kind of like, "Oh, there's no going to be no closure." Um I did what you were talking about earlier. I was into Saturday morning cartoons and with the gigantic Upload of Justice League, uh, Justice League Unlimited, uh, Batman Beyond, Batman Brave and the Bold, and some others like, uh, oh, so much stuff from Adult Swim. Uh, The Venture Brothers, if you have not seen, you must go watch The Venture Brothers. Uh, Aqua Teen Hunger for Squidbillies and other great ones as well. The... What's interesting is is Robot Chicken and others are up there, but no C-Lab 2021. Come on, Adam Reed. Yeah. You got Archer up there. Let's let's c And, and no Space C-Lab. Coast to Coast. What's up with that? I, I think that's down to rights, because it's the same reason why they couldn't get some of them on DVD for likenesses and rights and, and all of that. And I've, I've heard the Ghost team talk about that a little bit over at uh, GC2C. So it's a little bit of I can get where that's coming from, because not everybody was – thrilled with what they did.
3: <laughs> I, I can't imagine Robot Chicken is in any better of a place. I mean, lots of weird parodies. Well, they get permission, couldn't...
1: and some people will do that on purpose. I mean, the I oh, one of the beauty, beauty, beauties of uh, Robot Chicken is the Cannonball Run parody. And they have Don DeLuise and Burt Reynolds, and at the end of that, they actually have their outtakes of them just riffing, and it's just – Fantastic! You find out why these guys were such good friends, and it was really, really fun. There's that line: "I'm Bert, and I love it. Love being Bert. I love everything about being Bert. It's hysterical." I'm in awe of Headless Pouch. He's very attractive.
8: Headless Pouch. Headless Pouch. Punch! Punch! Pouch, Go! Headless Stick. Excuse <laughs> me, I just farted in a very musical tone. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Shut up. <laughs> I like being American. I like everything about being burnt. Being burnt, being burnt, being burnt. Gosh, it's good. I want to show you something that I'm very proud of, it's going to scare the living. (laughs) you. You will have to step back just a few feet.
1: Print. But definitely check out those. There's tons of great stuff right now. And even if you like some of the non-racy stuff from Adult Swim, uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog, Johnny Bravo, Powerpuff Girls. Ah, Powerpuff Girls. Um, Samurai Jack. There's just tons of Cartoon Network stuff going up there. And so definitely a good time to have a Netflix subscription. Uh, I've already burned through Justice League. I'm about halfway through Justice League Unlimited. I'll stop and finish Watching Batman Beyond before I finish Justice League because there's a crossover there. Definitely something you can have on Saturday morning, like you were saying, serial and watch stuff from your childhood. Um, Just about every doggone Power Rangers is up there, so it's nice to have some, some, okay, some non-live action stuff. Although, watch the first three episodes of VR Troopers to find out why Byron and I were cracking on it pretty hard. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Well, I'm gonna have to ask you at some point how how to watch these because uh, I noticed the Justice League stuff up there on Netflix, and I want to get into it. But I know that this universe has so many. Um, oh yeah, Batman the animated,
1: parts. Batman the animated into Superman the animated, which were running concurrently. It's like Buffy and Angel at some point that were running concurrently, and those characters and universes, the DC animated universe. DCAU continues on into Justice League and then Batman Beyond loosely. In fact, like I said, at the end of Justice League, like in the last nine episodes, don't watch the last nine episodes. You kind of want to watch Batman Beyond because there's a big reveal that kind of comes up later in the last three or four episodes of Justice League. And knowing if you're a big fan and you stayed in for all of the Animated Universe episodes, it's a great reveal. Static Shock, to some respect, kind of plays into it. I uh, eh, kind of the Zeta Project, which was a spinoff of Batman Beyond, also kind of plays in there. Also, me, not on Netflix, m- not a horrible thing. But I would stay really within the realm of Batman: The Animated Universe, Superman, uh, and then Justice League, uh, because there are some some direct storylines that come out of Superman. Because uh, Superman, the Animated Universe, kind of ends out on a weird note and uh, is resolved somewhat, not exactly injusticely. They acknowledge it, but they, they have to kind of walk around how it works. Wonderful voice cast. Kevin Conroy is the voice of Batman in my head when I see him. Has been the voice of Batman since the early 90s. Totally worth it. Uh, superior voice cast. Uh, you've got just Powers Booth as Gorilla Uh, You've got... Uh, some of the older villains back, like Clancy Brown as Lex Luthor from Superman the Animated. Just superior, great voice cast. The funny thing is, dude, is is season one of uh, Justice League is pan and scan, and they started doing it in widescreen. So you go from this weird transition from season one to season two, and you're like, whoa, now my whole screen's filled up, hooray. <laughs> um, Batman Beyond kinda sorta does that too, cause we're right in that, that mode of people going to high def. So some really great stuff there. I also, staying on the superhero front, Arrow, on WB, it's weird. It is a a family drama with a superhero in it and lost. So hear me out. (laughs) There's There's a boat accident that happens to Oliver Queen, and he is marooned on an island, and he's lost for five years, and they tell the story... Of what happens with the inhabitants on that island, not like Lost, there isn't any others or 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 Ben or uh, a giant wheel. Oops, sorry, spoilery for Lost. <laughs> the uh, it, I just just avoid season six now. Uh, the thing with Arrow is it's slow. Because I don't think they knew that they were going to get more than 13 episodes. And when they got their back nine, it was kind of like, oh, crap, now we got to actually write a show. And now that they've been renewed, they kind of started to realize that they can stretch things out to season two. And uh, it's really funny. I don't know uh, Green Arrow's universe very well. It's not, He's not one of my favorites, so I don't have the who's who on him. So for me, I don't think it's bastardizing. Like Smallville was just like, this is not Superman to me. I cannot watch Green Arrow is not a character that I'm that invested in that I, I'm like, that is totally not speedy and that has nothing to do with the universe. And Huntress is completely wrong. Well, you know, I watched Birds of Prey and that version of Huntress was not <laughs> it was supposed to be either. Great cameos. John Barrowman from Torchwood, one of the reasons why I'm watching. Uh, he's a great bad guy in this. It is slow, but I got to admit – And I was telling a friend of mine offline, the parts that really have me interested are more the parts about Lost, what happened on this island. And honestly, Arrow really was what the WB, before it turned into the CW, was trying to do with a series called Bruce Wayne. Originally, before Smallville, uh, before Birds of Prey, before their attempts to do Tarzan, there was a desire to do the seven years in Bruce Wayne's life from when he disappears from Gotham and then when he comes back to become Batman and they wanted to tell this story of of him and finding himself and how he got his powers and blah, 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 blah. And that just never got off the ground because the WB turned around the movie studio and said, whoa, 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 we're rebooting the franchise, go away. So they're very protective of Batman. But Arrow is not bad. They find a way for at least one male character in episode to have his shirt off. So... Very much the Twilight Saga coming into play. It is pretty rich people with problems. If you're not into that, then you're probably not going to like this show. But little nods here and there to Bloodhaven. Like, you know, ooh, they're going to Bloodhaven. Ooh, I wonder if they'll see Nightwing. So they tease you a little bit. But not for everybody, not great. The score is great. It's not one of those synthesized scores. They actually have strings and everything, which is why I'm staying in there. Uh, And it also comes before Supernatural, also getting renewed. I love Supernatural. Uh, Last but not least, I realized that I am uh, mortal and I'm getting older. Uh, With Mortal Kombat Trilogy, I am trying to get achievements on Xbox 360 and practice for Injustice, which is a game by the same guys who made Mortal Kombat that involves DC uh, Universe characters beating each other up, which is awesome. But I realized that I don't have the skills to play MK like I did 10 years ago. <laughs> so so not pulling off combos and, and games like Tekken and Virtua Fighter have ruined me um, a little bit more button mashy than I used to be and not doing true combos. I probably should get into uh, Persona 4 Arena or something like that to kind of sort of build up my skills and kind of sort of give money to Atlas, who I also enjoy, Persona. But this one goes on sale. In fact, it was just on sale a couple of weeks ago at the time of this recording, Uh, Mortal Kombat one Mortal Kombat two and the ultimate Mortal Kombat three, uh, sometimes for five bucks. And you can't go wrong with that. That's minutes or hours of entertainment, depending on how big of an MK fan you are.
3: Yeah, that's cool. I I actually got an Xbox, um, for, for Christmas for myself, but I, I made the mistake of getting the four gig version thinking I'm not that much of a gamer. I'll just get it for casual playing, and about twenty minutes into it, (laughs) I'm like, "Oh man, I can't fit anything on here because I just have like the basic stuff from my Grand Theft Auto CD where it's got my saved game on there and and a few other things, and my disk is already full. How in the hell did that happen? USB drive.
1: Just slam a. (laughs) You can put you can put two USB drives now and put the sixteen gig on both of them, and you can swap them. Yeah, I need to do that. Yeah. Yeah, because I want to try some of these content. games,
3: and I, I don't want to go out and buy CDs. I'd rather just have them on the thing. So.
1: Well, that's the worst thing about it all is the convenience, man. That is just deal of the week on Xbox Live, and they'll just be like the at the time of this recording, uh, Pac Man Championship Edition for five bucks. Wow. You know, uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night for five bucks. Castlevania—that's one of the cla- That is the PS2 seminal classic which I already own, so I don't need to buy it again. Uh, it's it's great, and uh, to play it in widescreen, up uh Bionic Commando that shows up, and they've got some indie games too. There's one that's hysterical called DLC Quest, and uh, DLC Quest 2, and uh, that makes fun of like when you get the game you can't move to the right, so you have to buy the movement pack that allows you uh, eight-directional movement. Or <laughs>
4: oh my God. the
1: background doesn't scroll, so you have to earn some money to get parallax scrolling. And then there's when you jump to the left on the second game, there's a progress bar that comes up as if it's buffering and loading on the fly from the cloud, and so you have to buy an upgrade pack that allows you to have free streaming movement. And uh, <laughs> it's... it's it, it, it's, an, it's like a dollar game. It's an 80-microsoft-point 80, 80 game, but it is got all these hysterical in-jokes to just about every trope you see in uh, downloadable content. That's why it's called DLC Quest. Very, very funny game, hysterical. I saw it on, uh, it came from Xbox, from GameSpot, and I went and got it immediately and just giggled hysterically. And it's not long, but it's not meant to be. It's just a, a like a four-hour joke. So there's that, but there's another one of these well, you know, the Hobbit is out, and uh, we've got two more Hobbit movies to come. Peter Jackson had a promotional video, and uh, well, look, I, I don't, I don't want to ruin it for you. Just, just. You tell me if this is a good promotion for for The Hobbit.
7: In a time not so long ago, the creature Sigh unleashed a song upon the people of the world. He conquered all the lands on a horse that was invisible to the waking eyes. Many tried to ride this mystical horse, only to their doom. But there was one being, a wizard, who would succeed. of style. of style. One ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all and in the darkness find them. Do not take me for some conjurer of cheap tricks. I ride a horse, but I just pretend. I got a long gray beard. Keep it secret, keep it safe. I got a long gray beard. Keep it secret, keep it safe. I got a long gray beard. Keep it secret, keep it safe. I got a long gray beard. Got a long gray beard. It's a cat troll Save the hobbits Aragorn Er. Aragorn Er. It's a ball rug. You shall not pass But you can dance Er. Yeah you can dance Er. Yeah, Yeah you can dance Wizard Gandalf style Gandalf style Whiz, 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 whiz Wizard Gandalf style. Gandalf style. Whiz, 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 whiz. Wizard Gandalf style. Hey, where's my hobbit? Whiz, 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 whiz. Wizard Gandalf style. Hey, where's my hobbit? Whiz, 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 whiz. Wizard Gandalf style.
4: And so it was told.
7: Gandalf rode the lambs on Psy's invisible horse. He spread to all the will to dance. All except for these soccer trolls who would later turn to stone.
4: Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne. For many years you know I've had a drink problem and I'm, I'm trying to battle that problem every single day. But one thing I don't do, I don't drive my car when I'm drinking. I get someone to drive me. Do not drink and drive. It's the stupidest thing. If you drink, just don't drive. Not only are you going to hurt yourself, you may hurt some other person, and you wouldn't want that on your conscience, would you?
7: A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Butterfly in the sky I can go twice as high Take a look, it's in a book a reading a reading and
2: now it's time to take a look between the covers. For word nerds like me, we have this really cool article, 18 obsolete words which never should have gone out of style. And I got to agree here. <laughs> My favorite one, for whatever reason, is um, snout fare. This is apparently, if, <laughs> if you are... Handsome, you are snout fair. My my, you're snout fair. <laughs>
1: yeah, you go try that on the streets. Uh, uh, in you L.A. you snout fair. <laughs> you home no, dog, you snout, <laughs> snout, fair. <laughs> snout fair.
3: <laughs> gross. Uh,
4: yes. That's a mighty
1: fair snot right there. I can hear, I can hear Snoop saying it now. Snoop Lion, uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: And maybe that's more for the guys. the uh, The guys are snout fair, and then for the women, you could be a wonder winch.
1: Yo, baby, <laughs> you's a <Yeah>. wonder winch. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna end you up in HR. That's <laughs> just. <gonna laughs>
2: yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that one is uh, like sweetheart. Hey, wonder winch. Get me a cup of coffee.
1: <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah,
3: that's not going to go see how over how well. I got
1: out of out of favor fast. <laughs> I- Went from Boston <laughs> to L.A.
3: I don't know what we just did there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> East Coast, West Coast is uh, what we just Boston, did. Boston, New I- York,
2: something. Yay! Cup of coffee.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's it is it is Grand Theft Auto. See, just like that, it was.
2: <sighs> I've always thought there should be a word for this, and finally, there is. Except it's obsolete now. To grok someone, groak someone, G R O A K. It sounds a little dirty. Um, However, it's yeah. not. Uh-huh. It's when you watch somebody eating and you're like staring at them, going, "Come on, come on, I want some of that. Are you going to offer me some of that? Come on,
1: come on." That's called groking.
2: Come on, offer me that food.
1: So mm. what you're saying so is, yep, is, groking. is dogs groak?
2: Yes, dogs <laughs> groak
1: very frequently. That might be a show title. <laughs> Uh, oh man! Okay, I know groking. Thank you, stranger in a strange land. But groking.
3: Yeah, no groking. I oh, grok yeah. groking. I think we ought to bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should.
1: Now you're just trolling for titles. <laughs> you just. <laughs> I grok groking.
2: So there you go. That and many other Englishable words, which is also
4: a word on here. Englishable, Englishable. words. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you that's a, that's can adorable. Check this out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, show notes. Uh-huh. Yeah, EOLshow.com. You'll find this and many other treasures and various things you probably wish you hadn't seen.
1: Along with a link to our homework assignment, which was Disney War. Rockstar, did you make yep. it through any of the book?
2: I didn't make it through all the book, but I made it through part of the book. And I just made the decision to stop because
1: the narrator is not the best. When I, I freely admit no, that. No, the
2: narrator is definitely not the best no. for this book. And the other problem with it is, you start reading the book, and immediately it's right into Disney's super cutthroat politics, yeah. where they are getting rid of Roy Disney in really horrible corporate backstabby way, and I'm like. Wow.
1: These are adults.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it it does feel kind of like teenagers fighting on the playground and being all- Passing notes
1: at class and she doesn't like me and she said nasty things about me and blah, 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 blah. You would think it's made up, but- They refer to court case and document this and on the stand so-and-so said this during this court mediation. And you're like, oh, my God, that really did happen.
2: Yeah. And the book jumps right into this. Now, I do think it's cool that they explore kind of Michael Eisner's early life and then his time at Paramount and the decision to buy Star Wars against everybody else's advice. So that's certainly fascinating. There's, there's some great history, but at some point in the book, I just said, you know, Disney was meant to be magic. That was kind of Walt Disney's vision for it. And I've never been to Disneyland, but of course I've seen many, many Disney movies. And the idea behind it is that you suspend disbelief for a while as an adult or as a child, you get very drawn into the world that's being portrayed here. And it is magic. Yeah. And reading this book was kind of like, wow, that kind of destroyed any good feeling I had about any of this. I don't want to know the behind the scenes anymore.
1: It was a good business decision and it saved the company. I mean, I, I get it, right? Right. But to save paradise, they had to destroy it, and it's really weird to see who embraced it. Like I came away from this book with a, a bigger understanding of Jeffrey Katzenberg, and I had heard stories about what a, a, a complete wiener he was. Robin Williams saying, "You know, uh, I got screwed on the likenesses, and that's why he didn't do the next Aladdin movie." Is is that he did it for he did it for scale? But they they took all this riffing and turned it into an animated thing. And he was so upset that, that he didn't do things with Disney for a while. They even sent him like a, a Picasso or something to try and make it up. And he blamed Katzenberg. So I had this thing in my head from stories I had read that Katzenberg was this this evil menace. And actually it was taken from some of the spin that came from, from Eisner and his apprenticeship uh, per se of Katzenberg and then his casting him out. And the – the, the huge thing that he did to nail him. Now, mind you, he gets away cleaner than Michael Obitz. Michael Obitz gets downright screwed in this book. It is, wow. I mean, he was a power player, and then at the end of this, he he kind of gets eaten alive. And it is similar in ways to the Steve Jobs book, except Steve valued other people to do the work. He, he, he would berate you, but if you followed in line and you were with Steve, he was madly loyal and would keep you on board that was never the case with eisner eisner if you hit a certain ceiling you were never going to go any farther because you could never challenge him and what roy had to do to get him out and the deals he had to get and the board and what they had to do is a fascinating story it takes a long time to get there in this book i'm not gonna lie but the stories about jeffrey katzenberg saying he never had a college education But going through the Disney archives, he learned what Walt was doing. And Walt did that on purpose. He had 16 photographers taking pictures all the time. He had two stenographers. One would walk with him at all all times taking down what he said. And these huge archives was where Katzenberg would go and read from like 5 until 9 in the morning every day. And so he totally absorbed the, the classic Disney culture and took that over to DreamWorks when he was kind of pushed out. And that's what started the rivalry.
2: And that's one thing that Eisner did not have at all. They were talking about his interview process, and he had been at Paramount, you know, and uh, he comes over for the interview process and later admits if the company hadn't been so desperate, I wouldn't have made it because they would ask him, Have you seen this Disney movie? Have you seen that Disney movie? Well, No, he hadn't really watched any of them and he wasn't familiar with the Disney culture. You know, he didn't know a lot about Disney at all. And so it was just kind of like a regular old job interview. It was not his passion to work for this company that had a very developed culture or anything like that. He was just, nah, I really don't know any of it. And
1: he would have killed the hand animation sooner had Roy not fought him and had the fact that he was a Disney and they actually get into the book a little bit about that too, that that Roy felt kind of ostracized from parts of the family and that he didn't have the true Disney lineage. And they they get into that later in the book too. But it was Roy who who practically saved hand, anim- hand animation and the story about Beauty and the Beast and just how they got that to happen. And then uh, Euro Disney, really everything you've ever heard about Euro Disney is true because it's really bad. They explain how much it went over and that they weren't prepared for France working laws and it should have been in Spain and they chose the worst place possible with the bad weather. and It's made me think of um, Euro, Itchy and Scratchy Land in, uh, <laughs> in The Simpsons. <laughs> yes. My babe check bounced Everybody last drink. week. There's Come on. <laughs> but definitely an interesting book. Like Rockstar said, it, it, it really does take a veil off the mouse and you come away understanding the business side of it. And it, it, some of it is very fascinating to me because I applied to work at Disney World in the eighties and, uh, went through central casting and the whole nine yards and almost moved there, a- almost moved there to go work at Walt Disney World. Cause I was, I was a huge, huge fan of the Disney culture. And, uh, it, it it's very interesting to me as a Disney aficionado, Uh, to know what happened with uh, Fantasia 2000 and and how that almost didn't happen. Or how if they hadn't bought ESPN, it probably would have never, ever gotten them into television. Or that they sold video and it almost killed the company. And this is why they're going to Netflix, because they want to have the ability to just take those movies out of the public eye whenever they can to make them more magical. Instead of always being available, like, you know, thanks to the internet – you can always find a copy of Little Mermaid. It might be ripped and scanned and not in the best quality, but it's there. Whereas they wanted to have the ability to release that on their schedule. It's moratorium every seven years because every generation should have an opportunity to see Ariel. And now digital's kind of changed that for them. So this is them actually putting their house in order. And that's why they went and got things like ESPN, Marvel, Pixar, Star Wars, what have you. And it's a great book if you're interested in that. If not – just the very beginning when the author talks about being in the goofy costume and explaining how hot it was and how people can only do it for a couple of hours in the process. That's really, really interesting. What is our next homework assignment, Oh, Rockstar?
2: So our next homework assignment comes from the fact that I was reading an article recently about the 10 authors that every Game of Thrones fan should read. I have read most of the authors in this list and uh, you can take a look at the show notes to see who all of those authors are. And if you're looking for fantasy, you've gotten your Game of Thrones or you can't get your Game of Thrones fix yet because you're waiting for the next book, you can choose from these and uh, be pretty much assured that you're going to be reading something good. This book, however, Does not have the same feel as Game of Thrones. It is straight fantasy, but not quite as dark in the same way as Game of Thrones. And this happens to be the beginning of one of my favorite fantasy series ever. This is going to be Assassin's Apprentice by Robin Hobb. This is the first book in the the Farseer series. So you're going to see some political intrigue and things like that, but... Again, very different feel from Martin, but extremely well-written. And uh, have, all of the series do have to wait six is complete, years for Dance so of you don't have to wait. No, you do not. Okay. It is complete. It is done. So if you get hooked, you can read this series, plus there are, well, several others that follow in this same universe. One series of three books follows this trilogy, and it's very closely related And then there are two others in the same universe, but they are not nearly as closely related as uh, these first two series, the Farseer and the Tawny Man.
1: The reason why she goes that far is that she knows that yours truly over here ends up reading the books in the series and then reads the whole flippin' series, thank you very much, <laughs> that i <I've laughs>
2: That's right.
1: ...altered Carbon and then tore through this the other two books. And then Dark Tower, I did all those eight books in one shot. And then, uh, well, one through seven, and then only a couple months later, I hit book eight. And then Dance with Dragons, where you got me into Game of Thrones, and, and rightfully so. That was actually funny. We were standing... Actually, one of the reasons why this show exists is we were standing at work in a booth and I had remotely said, oh, look, Game of Thrones is coming to HBO. And Rockstar turned around and said, you've got to read the books. And I was like, okay. And sure enough, I started I reading know. it and then voraciously ate them just right on through. Hmm. Um, Consuming more and it's books worth again. It. Totally. Worth it.
3: <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, tasty. there's something about eating books. I'm just telling you, it's just they're delicious when it's, you know, right there in the covers.
3: Yeah, I know this is probably going to get Rockstar to hate my guts, but uh, I've never really gotten into fantasy stuff and uh I think I just need to find the right books cuz I, I I've tried things like lord of the rings and i don't know i just wasn't a huge fan and i know uh, send all hate mail to byron 27 but i'm more of a sci-fi person so i need a good starter fantasy series that isn't so deep that i get i just drown
2: that's it actually a very good point because a lot of people May have a bad introduction to fantasy and uh, you can send hate mail to me as well because I think the Lord of the Rings is perhaps not the best place to start
4: oh. in fantasy. The writing is very
2: wow. Baroque and hard to wow. – you can't relax and read the Lord of the Rings, okay? I mean, it's
1: Maybe not the something that but. <laughs>
2: you kind of have to be – no, you really got to be invested in it. The language is not it, it it's not natural in a way, uh, you know, you sort of feel like I'm reading this for English class. And I, I, don't get I, me wow. wrong, the story is great, but reading the books is not the best introduction for somebody who wants a bit of escapism to fall into a universe and enjoy it. I felt like the Lord of the Rings, I had to work at it a little bit, right? So, but growing up, it was that or Arthurian
1: lore. So there weren't, you know, those were the two big ones you had back then, you know, (laughs) when I was growing up, you didn't have a lot of that, you know?
2: Well, there, there was a lot less fantasy than a lot less fantasy to choose from. And, so I think of things like uh, the Belgariad by David Eddings was my first real introduction to fantasy. That wasn't the Lord of the Rings. It was slightly more modern and it to me is, it's always going to hold a special place in my heart. Cause it was the first fantasy series I was really into and it's a great series to pick up if you want all of your characters to turn out okay in the end. <laughs> if you're okay with some, you know, you you have your tropes. You have your kid coming of age and discovering that uh, he is much more powerful than previously thought and so on. It's very, I don't know, it, it has a lot of very common themes But it's written in a really accessible way where you can pick it up, know what's going on. You don't have to keep a bunch of houses and political intrigue all straight in your head. It's
3: just a nice read. Yeah, I think you'll understand why I had a hard time with fantasy when you hear who one of my first authors was in fantasy. R.A. Salvatore, my first introduction was uh, the Demon Wars saga, and it was just... And forgotten realms. It was just hard it's to too get. Too much. It was big graphic and hard audio. to f- figure out. And yeah.
1: Demon Wars Saga is in uh, graphic audio, just in case you don't want to read the books. Ooh.
3: Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the.
2: Uh, yeah. Ah, yeah, see yeah. now there there we go. There's the gateway drug into uh, fantasies. Checking out the graphic audio. I, I've, I've stuff. started
1: Rockstar on this path. I I uh, I've, I've turned her on to uh, Infinite Crisis from graphic audio. um part of the DC comic universe and very different than big finish. Byron, we'll have to talk about that at some point because their style is a little different than the audio play version that uh, big finish does.
2: Maybe Byron, you would be more into urban fantasy as opposed to the epic fantasy that covers like all these different characters and thingies and
3: political stuff. And is, all. is that what Harry Potter um, fall into? Cause I, I did enjoy that.
2: Yes. um, I would say that Harry Potter is urban fantasy because they start in London, modern day London, and then kind of go into this alternate world. You could check out Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman. That has been a homework assignment yeah, on this show before, actually. Book. And come to think of it, you might actually like starting the Dresden Files, which I'm mm-hmm. reading right now, because it is, there are elements of the paranormal and so on, but otherwise it's a uh, straight mystery or detective stuff just with the supernatural twist. Yeah. You know, and there was one st- and I forgot who the author was, but there's a book called mode and, uh, uh that would be Piers Anthony. Yeah. Are you talking about the mode mm-hmm. series, uh, virtual mode? And there was yeah. the
3: first one I read. I, I haven't read any of the other ones, but that, that was another one that I enjoyed.
2: Yeah. Piers Anthony is great. He has the, um, The Xanth series, which was written for younger readers, but is still kind of fun. One of my favorite series by him is the Incarnations of Immortality series, which begins with On a Pale Horse. And so there are seven incarnations of immortality, and essentially you have a human assuming the role of, say, death which is on a pale horse, where you have the three fates uh, that appear in some of the books.
3: And it's it's a neat series. So this is kind of like fantasy pot, and Game of Thrones is like fantasy meth. Right. Wow. Yes. Yeah,
1: okay. In
0: case anyone cares, go. and I'm sure no one does, but my favorite one by him, uh, series-wise, is uh, Prentice Adept. And now I'll go back in the box. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Ah, Prentice Adept, another good one, too. And uh, that one, I forget, are there four books in that as opposed to seven? Yes, the Adept series was quite good as well. So now you have more fantasy recommendations, and you
3: can shake a stick at. Thanks a lot,
1: and more show notes for Rockstar to do that I don't. Okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a good segment because there's a lot of people who want to get into fantasy, but it's just such a hugely difficult thing to get into.
2: It is, and there are so many, and I could go on for. I I, I could create a whole show just about this, but there are so many different subgenres of fantasy you know there's epic fantasy and urban fantasy and paranormal romance fantasy
1: and, and a podcast um, about a fantasy Arthurian you didn't even and- know about well we have been talking your ears off and uh, some great conversation with our third chair uh, we appreciate you being here as always mr 27 tell them where they can find you
3: well you can find me uh in my apartment sitting in my computer chair no I mean, uh, you can find me on (laughs) my website.
1: Just watch your Foursquare (laughs) check-ins. Just keep an eye on him; he'll be there uh, eventually.
2: That's basically an open invitation for stalking. Come on, this is
3: true. Yeah. So my website is uh, ByronLee.com. That's B-Y-R-O-N-L-E-E.com. You can download my shows from there. You can hear me on radio stations on the interwebs, such as Radio Free Dish Nuts, the Beyond Radio Network, and uh, ACB Radio Mainstream, and Dementia Radio. Uh, so I play comedy, and I talk a lot, and uh, it's it's all a good time. And I'm also on Twitter. My username there is Twenty Seven. And my Facebook page is Byron Lee27. So Facebook.com forward slash Byron Lee27.
1: Rockstar, where can they find us? You and I.
3: Where can they, they find us? Um, on the web. Oh, on the
2: web. Yeah, there you go. Okay. We're not we're not giving away the secret no, location. No, 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 no. Not yet. Under
1: sea bay. All right. Oh, damn it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> redacted. Redacted. You can find us on uh The official EOL show feed, twitter.com slash EOL show. And individually, you can find us on twitter.com slash Ricky underscore anger and twitter.com slash ranger station. And if you follow each of us, you'll see things that eventually show up here and lots more that uh, unfortunately doesn't make it into the show but we'll make it into your heads where it will stay forever. Mm. Forever.
1: Yes, agreed. And uh, you can catch up on these songs that we talk about, the uh, Morning Wake Up song. You can hear some of the articles or even follow-ups. We've had all follow-ups, uh, especially to the Robot Uprising and other things. And uh, we get some conversation going back and forth on EOL Show. So definitely worth catching, especially when there are long Waits between episodes, yes, we hear you, yes, we hear you. That's why we're doing a whole bunch all at one time, so it's all maybe not super topical. But anyway, we appreciate you listening. If
2: you have stuff to say Mm -hmm. at us, you can do that, resources at com, or you can send us an iReport from your Android or iOS device through iBlink Radio.
1: Now, I'm going to break the fourth wall here. Yes, Uh we played three versions of the same song, and yes— they're kind of funny, but in prep for this show and when I was writing some stuff, I came across this one and this was my favorite. This is absolutely my favorite. And we had to have it here at the end. Check out, well, just check out the spot in the middle. It's just, oh, I had tears in my eyes. I absolutely love this. And thank you for listening, everybody. We will catch you next time on End of Live.
2: do
0: so the other day okay so we have a soda stream upstairs the other day i wanted to see what would happen if i put a contact mic on the uh, bottle and it's a really interesting noise and i think you should hear it
3: <laughs> oh yeah we should too God. you should uh, play you're always doing weird here. things with audio that i find greatly amusing oh
4: <laughs> <laughs> there you go The soda stream sounds awesome
1: <laughs> that sounds totally effervescent and refreshing. That just
4: <laughs> you should really
2: go back and insert that that's, somewhere, yeah. well, when, you sh- yeah, somewhere whenever, when you do this when you edit.
3: You yeah, when, that, when, like, when yeah, we yeah, mentioned
1: SodaStream, just drop that. that in the background. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I don't think I want to drink anything that sounds like liquidy parts. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought you would appreciate that. It
3: sounds like somebody's being shocked.
2: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Shock. (laughs) Shock. (laughs) Would you like this raspberry soda there, Byron? (laughs)
4: Yeah, I would. Well, here it is.